0: act one scene one a room of state in king lear's palace enter kent gloucester and edmund
1: i thought the king had more affected the duke of albany than
2: cornwall it did always seem so to us but now in the division of the kingdom it appears not which of the dukes he values most for equalities are so weighed, that curiosity in neither can make choice of either's moiety.
1: Is not this your son, my lord?
2: His breeding, sir, hath been at my charge. I have so often blushed to acknowledge him, that now I am brazed to it.
1: I cannot conceive you.
2: Sir, this young fellow's mother could, whereupon she grew round wombed. And had indeed, sir, a son for her cradle ere she had a husband for her bed. Do you smell a fault?
1: I cannot wish the fault undone, the issue of it being so proper.
2: But I have, sir, a son by order of law some year elder than this, who yet is no dearer in my account. Though this knave came somewhat saucily into the world before he was sent for, Yet was his mother fair, there was good sport at his making, and the horseman must be acknowledged. Do you know this noble gentleman, Edmund?
3: No, my lord.
2: My lord of Kent, remember him hereafter as my honourable friend.
3: My services
1: to your lordship. I must love you and sue to know you better. Sir,
3: I shall study deserving.
2: He has been out nine years,
0: and away he shall again. The king is coming. Senate within Enter Lear, Cornwall, Albany. Goneril, Regan, Cordelia, and attendance.
4: Attend the lords of France and Burgundy, Gloucester. I shall, my liege.
0: Exeunt Gloucester and Edmund.
4: Meantime, we shall express our darker purpose. Give me the map there. Know that we have divided in three our kingdom, and tis our fast intent to shake all cares and business from our age, conferring them on younger strengths, while we, unburdened, crawl toward death. Our son of Cornwall, and you, are no less loving son of Albany, WE HAVE THIS HOUR A CONSTANT WILL TO PUBLISH OUR DAUGHTERS' SEVERAL DOWERS THAT FUTURE STRIFE MAY BE PREVENTED NOW. THE PRINCES, FRANCE AND BURGUNDY, GREAT RIVALS IN OUR YOUNGEST DAUGHTERS' LOVE, LONG IN OUR COURT HAVE MADE THEIR amorous SOJOURN, AND HERE ARE TO BE ANSWERED. TELL ME, MY DAUGHTERS, SINCE NOW WE WILL DIVEST US BOTH OF RULE, INTEREST OF TERRITORY, CARES OF STATE, which of you, shall we say, doth love us most, that we our largest bounty may extend where nature doth with merit challenge? Goneril, our eldest born, speak first.
5: Sir, I love you more than words can wield the matter, dearer than eyesight, space, and liberty, beyond what can be valued, rich or rare, no less than life with grace health beauty honor as much as child e'er loved or father found a love that makes breath poor and speech unable beyond all manner of so much i love you
0: aside
5: what shall
6: cordelia speak love and be silent
4: of all these bounds even from this line to this with shadowy forests and with champagnes riched, with plenteous rivers and wide skirted meads, we make thee lady. To thine and Albany's issue be this perpetual. What says our second daughter, our dearest Regan, wife to Cornwall? Speak.
7: Sir, I am made of the self same metal that my sister is, and prize me at her worth. In my true heart I find she names my very deed of love only she comes too short, that I profess myself an enemy to all other joys which the most precious square of sense possesses, and find I am alone, felicitate, in your, dear highness, love.
4: Aside.
6: Then poor Cordelia, and yet not so, since, I am sure, my love's more richer than my tongue.
4: To thee and thine hereditary ever. Remain this ample third of our fair kingdom, No less in space, validity, and pleasure Than that conferred on Goneril. Now, our joy, although the last, not least, To whose young love the vines of France And milk of Burgundy strive to be interest, What can you say to draw a third More opulent than your sisters? Speak.
6: Nothing. My lord. Nothing. Nothing.
4: (laughs) Nothing can come of nothing. Speak again.
6: Unhappy that I am, I cannot heave my heart into my mouth. I love your majesty according to my bond. No more nor less.
4: How, how, Cordelia, mend your speech a little lest you may mar your fortunes good my lord you
6: have begot me bred me loved me i return those duties back as are right fit obey you love you and most honor you why have my sisters husbands if they say they love you all haply when i shall wed that lord whose hand must take my plight shall carry half my love with him half my care and duty sure i shall never marry like my sisters to love my father all
4: but goes thy heart with this ay good my lord so young and so untender so young my lord and true let it be so thy truth then shall be thy dower for by the sacred radiance of the sun the mysteries of Hecate, and the night by all the operation of the orbs from whom we do exist and cease to be, here I disclaim all my paternal care, propinquity and property of blood, and as a stranger to my heart and me, hold thee from this for ever. The barbarous Scythian, or he that makes his generation messes to gorge his appetite, shall to my bosom be as well-neighboured Pitied and relieved, as thou my sometime daughter.
1: Good my liege.
4: Peace, Kent. Come not between the dragon and his wrath. I loved her most, and thought to set my rest on her kind nursery. To Cordelia. Hence, and avoid my sight. So be my grave, my peace as here I give her father's heart from her. Call France. Who stirs? Call Burgundy. Cornwall and Albany, with my two daughters' dowers, digest this third. Let pride, which she calls plainness, marry her. I do invest you jointly in my power, preeminence, and all the large effects that troop with majesty. Ourself, by monthly course, with reservation of an hundred knights, by you to be sustained, shall our abode make with you in due turns. Only we shall retain the name and all the additions to a king. The sway, revenue, execution of the rest, beloved sons be yours, which, to confirm, this coronet part betwixt you. Giving the crown.
1: Royal Lear, whom I have ever honoured as my king, loved as my father, as my master followed, as my great patron thought on in my prayers.
4: The bow is bent and drawn. Make from the shaft.
1: Let it fall, rather, though the fork invade the region of my heart. Be kent unmannerly when Lear is mad. What wouldst thou do, old man? Thinkst thou that duty shall have dread to speak when power to flattery bows? To plainness honors bound when majesty falls to folly. Reverse thy state, and in thy best consideration check this hideous rashness. Answer my life, my judgment. Thy youngest daughter does not love thee least, Nor are those empty-hearted whose low sound reverbs no hollowness.
4: Kent, on thy life no more.
1: My life I never held but as a pawn to wage against thine enemies, nor fear to lose it, thy safety being the motive.
4: Out of my sight.
1: See better, Lear, and let me still remain the true blank of thine eye.
4: Now by Apollo.
1: Now by Apollo, king, thou swear'st thy gods in vain.
4: O vassal,
0: miscreant. Laying his hand on his sword. Dear, Dear sir, sir, forbear.
8: forbear.
1: Do, kill thy physician, and the fee bestow upon the foul disease. Revoke thy gift, or whilst I can vent clamor from my throat, I'll tell thee thou dost evil.
4: Hear me, recreant, on thine allegiance hear me. Since thou hast sought to make us break our vow, which we durst never yet, and with strained pride to come between our sentence and our power, which nor our nature nor our place can bear, our potency made good, take thy reward. Five days we do allot thee for provision, to shield thee from diseases of the world, and on the sixth TO TURN THY HATED BACK UPON OUR KINGDOM. IF ON THE TENTH DAY FOLLOWING THY BANISHED TRUNK BE FOUND IN OUR DOMINIONS, THE MOMENT IS THY DEATH. AWAY, BY JUPITER. THIS SHALL NOT BE REVOKED.
1: Fare THEE WELL, KING. SITH THUS THOU WILT APPEAR. FREEDOM LIVES HENCE, AND BANISHMENT IS HERE.
0: TO CORDELIA
1: the gods to their dear shelter take thee, Maid, that justly think'st, and hast most rightly said,
0: To Regan and Goneril.
1: And your large speeches may your deeds approve, That good effects may spring from words of love. Thus Kent, O princes, bids you all adieu, He'll shape his old course in a country new.
0: Exit. Flourish. Re-enter Gloucester with France, Burgundy, and attendants.
2: Here's France
0: and
4: Burgundy, my noble lord. My lord of Burgundy, we first address toward you, who with this king hath rivaled for our daughter. What in the least will you require in present dower with her, or cease your quest of love?
9: Most Royal Majesty, I crave no more than hath your highness offered. Nor will you tender less.
4: Right, noble Burgundy. When she was dear to us, we did hold her so. But now her price is fallen. Sir, there she stands. If aught within that little seeming substance, or all of it, with our displeasure pieced, and nothing more, may fitly like your grace, she's there, and she is yours. I know no answer. Will you, with those infirmities she owes, unfriended, new-adopted to our hate, dowered with our curse and strangered with our oath take her or leave her
9: pardon me royal sir election makes not
4: up on such conditions then leave her sir for by the power that made me i tell you all her wealth to france for you great king i would not from your love make such a stray to match you where i hate therefore beseech you to avert your liking a more worthier way than on a wretch whom nature is ashamed almost to acknowledge
10: hers. THIS IS MOST STRANGE. That she, who even but now was your best object, the argument of your praise, balm of your age, most best, most dearest, should in this trice of time commit a thing so monstrous to dismantle so many folds of favour sure her offence must be of such unnatural degree that monsters it, or your fore affection fallen into taint, which to believe of her must be a faith that reason without miracle should never plant in me.
6: —I yet beseech your majesty, if for I want that glib and oily art, to speak and purpose not, since what I well intend, I'll do it before I speak, that you make known, It is no vicious blot murder or foulness no unchaste action or dishonored step that hath deprived me of your grace and favor but even for want of that for which i am richer a still soliciting eye and such a tongue as i am glad i have not though not to have it hath lost me in your liking
4: better thou hadst not been born than not to have pleased me better
10: is it but this a tardiness in nature, which often leaves the history unspoke that it intends to do. My lord of Burgundy, what say you to the lady? Love's not love when it is mingled with regards that stands aloof from the entire point. Will you have her? She is herself a dowry.
9: Well, King, give but that portion which yourself proposed, and here I take Cordelia by the hand. Duchess of Burgundy.
4: Nothing. I have sworn I am firm. I am sorry, then. You have so lost a father that you must lose a husband.
6: Peace be with Burgundy. Since that respects of fortune are his love, I shall
10: not be his wife. Fairest Cordelia, That art most rich being poor, Most choice forsaken, And most loved despised. Thee and thy virtues here I seize upon; be it lawful, I take up what's cast away. Gods, gods! 'Tis strange that from their coldst neglect, my love should kindle to inflamed respect. Thy dowerless daughter, king, thrown to my chance, is queen of us, of ours, and our fair France not all the dukes of waterish burgundy can buy this unprized precious maid of me bid them farewell cordelia though unkind thou losest here a better ware to find
4: thou hast her france let her be thine for we have no such daughter nor shall ever see that face of hers again therefore be gone Without our grace, our love, our benison. Come, noble Burgundy. Flourish.
0: Exeunt, Lear, Burgundy, Cornwall, Albany, Gloucester, and attendants.
10: Bid farewell to your sisters.
6: The jewels of our father, with washed eyes, Cordelia leaves you. I know you what you are, and, like a sister, am most loath to call your faults as they are named. Love well our father. To your professed bosoms I commit him. But yet, alas, stood I within his grace, I would prefer him to a better place. So, farewell to you both.
7: Prescribe not us our duties.
5: Let your study be to content your lord, who hath received you at fortune's arms, You have obedience scanted, and well are worth the want that you have wanted. Time shall unfold what plighted cunning hides,
6: who cover faults, at last shame them derides.
10: Well may you prosper. Come, my fair Cordelia.
0: Exeunt, France and Cordelia.
10: Sister, it is not
5: little I have to say of what most nearly appertains to us both. I think our father will hence to-night.
7: That's most certain, and with you. Next month, with us.
5: You see how full of changes his age is. The observation we have made of it hath not been little. He always loved our sister most, and with what poor judgment he hath now cast her off appears too grossly.
7: Tis the infirmity of his age. Yet he hath ever but slenderly known himself...
5: The best and soundest of his time hath been but rash. Then must we look to receive from his age not alone the imperfections of long GRAFT condition, but therewithal the unruly waywardness that infirm and choleric years bring with them.
7: Such unconstant starts are we like to have from him, as this of Kent's banishment.
5: There is further compliment of leave-taking between France and him. Pray you let us hit together. If our father carry authority with such dispositions as he bears, this last surrender of his will but offend us.
7: We shall further think of it.
5: We must do something, and in the heat.
0: Exeunt. Scene Two. A Hall in the Earl of Gloucester's Castle. Enter Edmund with a letter.
3: Thou, nature, art my goddess to thy law my services abound. Wherefore should I stand in the plague of custom, and permit the curiosity of nations to deprive me, for that I am some twelve or fourteen moonshine's lag of a brother? Why, bastard, wherefore base? When my dimensions are as well compact my mind as generous, and my shape as true, as honest madam's issue. Why brand they us with base, with baseness, bastardy, base, base? Who, in the lusty stealth of nature, take more composition and fierce quality, than doth, within a dull, stale, tired bed, go to the creating a whole tribe of fops, got tween asleep and wake? Well then, legitimate, Edgar. I must have your land. Our father's love is to the bastard Edmund as to the legitimate. Fine word, legitimate. Well, my legitimate, if this letter speed, and my invention thrive, Edmund the base shall top the legitimate. I grow, I prosper. Now, gods. Stand up for bastards.
0: Enter Gloucester. Kent banished thus,
2: and France in choler parted, and the king gone to night subscribed his power, confined to exhibition, all this done upon the gad. Edmund, how now? What news?
3: so please your lordship, none.
0: Putting up
2: the letter why so earnestly seek you to put up that letter
3: i know no news my lord
2: what paper were you reading
3: nothing my lord
2: no what needed then that terrible dispatch of it into your pocket the quality of nothing hath not such need to hide itself let's see come if it be nothing i shall not need spectacles
3: i beseech you sir pardon me It is a letter from my brother that I have not all or read, and for so much as I have perused I find it not fit for your all-looking.
2: Give me the letter,
3: sir. I shall offend either to detain or give it. The contents, as in part I understand them, are to blame. Let's see, let's see. I hope for my brother's justification He wrote this, but as an essay or test of my virtue.
2: Hmm. This policy and reverence of age makes the world bitter to the best of our times, keeps our fortunes from us till our oldness cannot relish them. I begin to find an idle and fond bondage in the oppression of aged tyranny. "'who sways not as it hath power, but as it is suffered. "'Come to me, that of this I may speak more. "'If our father would sleep till I waked him, "'you should enjoy half his revenue for ever, "'and live the beloved of your brother Edgar. "'Oh, conspiracy! "'Sleep till I waked him, you should enjoy half his revenue.' My son, Edgar, had he a hand to write this, a heart and brain to breed it in. When came this to you, who brought
3: it? It was not brought me, my lord, there's the cunning of it. I found it thrown in at the casement of my closet.
2: You know the character to be your brother's.
3: If the matter were good, my lord, I durst swear it were his. But, in respect of that, I would fain think it were not.
2: It is his.
3: It is his hand, my lord, but I hope his heart is not in the contents.
2: Hath he never before sounded you in this business?
3: Never, my lord. But I have heard him oft maintain it to be fit that sons at perfect age, and fathers declined, THE FATHER SHOULD BE AS WARD TO THE SON, AND THE SON MANAGE HIS REVENUE.
2: Oh, villain, villain! HIS VERY OPINION IN THE LETTER, abhorred VILLAIN, A NATURAL, DETESTED, BRUTISH VILLAIN, WORSE THAN BRUTISH, GO sirrah, SEEK HIM, I'LL APPREHEND HIM, ABOMINABLE VILLAIN, WHERE IS HE?
3: I DO NOT WELL KNOW, MY LORD. If it shall please you to suspend your indignation against my brother till you can derive from him better testimony of his intent you should run a certain course where if you violently proceed against him mistaking his purpose it would make a great gap in your own honour and shake in pieces the heart of his obedience i dare pawn down my life for him that he hath writ this to feel my affection to your honour and to no other pretence of danger
2: think you so
3: If your honour, Judge meet, I will place you where you shall hear us confer of this, and by an auricular assurance have your satisfaction, and that without any further delay than this very evening.
2: He cannot be such a monster.
3: Nor is not, sure.
2: To his father, that so tenderly and entirely loves him. Heaven and earth, Edmund, seek him out, wind me into him, I pray you. Frame the business after your own wisdom. I would unstate myself to be in a due resolution.
3: I will seek him, sir, presently. Convey the business as I shall find means, and acquaint you with all.
2: These late eclipses in the sun and moon portend no good to us, though the wisdom of nature can reason it thus and thus yet nature finds itself scourged by the sequent effects love cools friendship falls off brothers divide in cities mutinies in countries discord in palaces treason and the bond cracked twixt son and father this villain of mine comes under the prediction there's son against father the king falls from bias of nature there's father against child we have seen the best of our time machinations hollowness treachery and all ruinous disorders follow us disquietly to our graves find out this villain edmund it shall lose thee nothing do it carefully and the noble and true-hearted kent banished his offence honesty oh tis strange exit
3: this is the excellent foppery of the world that when we are sick in fortune often the surfeit of our own behaviour we make guilty of our disasters the sun the moon and the stars as if we were villains on necessity, fools by heavenly compulsion, knaves, thieves, and treachers by spherical predominance, drunkards, liars, and adulterers by an enforced obedience of planetary influence, and all that we are evil in by a divine thrusting on. An admirable evasion of whoremaster man to lay his goatish disposition to the charge of a star. My father compounded with my mother under the dragon's tail, and my nativity was under Ursa Major, so that it follows I am rough and lecherous. Tut! I should have been that I am, had the maidenliest star in the firmament twinkled on my bastardizing.
0: Enter Edgar.
3: Pat. He comes, like the catastrophe of the old comedy. My cue is villainous melancholy with a sigh like Tom-a-Bedlam. Oh, these eclipses do portend these divisions. Far so la me.
11: How now, Brother Edmund? What serious contemplation are you in?
3: I am thinking, brother, of a prediction I read this other day. What should follow these eclipses? Do you busy yourself with that? I promise you the effect he writes of succeed unhappily, as of unnaturalness between the child and the parent. Death, dearth, dissolutions of ancient amities, divisions in state, menaces and maledictions against king and nobles, needless diffidences, banishment of friends, dissipations of cohorts, nuptial breaches, and I know not what.
11: How long have you been a sectary astronomical?
3: Come, come. When saw you my father last?
11: The night gone by.
3: Spake you with him?
11: Aye, two hours together
3: parted you in good terms found you no displeasure in him by word or countenance none at all bethink yourself wherein you may have offended him and at my entreaty forbear his presence until some little time hath qualified to the heat of his displeasure which at this instant so rageth in him that with the mischief of your person it would scarcely allay
11: some villain hath done me wrong
3: that's my fear i pray you have a continent forbearance till the speed of his rage goes slower And, as I say, retire with me to my lodging, from whence I will fitly bring you to hear my lord speak. Pray you go. There's my key. If you do stir abroad, go armed.
11: Armed, brother?
3: Brother, I advise you to the best. I am no honest man, if there be any good meaning toward you. I have told you what I have seen and heard but faintly, nothing like the image and horror of it. Pray you away.
11: Shall I hear from you anon?
3: I do serve you in this business.
0: Exit, Edgar.
3: (laughs) A credulous father, and a brother noble, whose nature is so far from doing harms that he suspects none, on whose foolish honesty my practices ride easy. I see the business. Let me, if not by birth, have lands by wit. All with me's meat that I can fashion fit.
0: Exit, scene three. A room in the Duke of Albany's palace. Enter Goneril and Oswald.
5: Did my father strike my gentleman for chiding of his fool? Ay, madam. By day and night he wrongs me. Every hour he flashes into one gross crime or other that sets us all at odds. I'll not endure it. His nights grow riotous and himself upbraids us on every trifle. When he returns from hunting, I will not speak with him. Say I am sick. If you come slack of former services, you shall do well. The fault of it, I'll answer.
12: He's coming, madam. I hear him. Horns within.
5: Put on what weary negligence you please, you and your fellows. I'd have it come to question. If he distaste it, let him to our sister, whose mind and mine I know in that are one not to be overruled. Idle old man that still would manage those authorities that he hath given away. Now by my life old fools are babes again, and must be used with checks as flatteries when they are seen abused. Remember what I have said.
12: Worry well, madame. And
5: let his knights have colder looks among you. What grows of it, no matter. Advise your fellows so. I would breed from hence occasions, and I shall, that I may speak. I'll write straight to my sister to hold my very course. Prepare for dinner.
0: Exeunt. Scene four. A hall in Albany's palace. Enter Kent disguised.
1: If but as well I other accents borrow that can my speech diffuse, my good intent may carry through itself to that full issue for which I raised my likeness. Now, banished Kent, if thou canst serve where thou dost stand condemned, so may it come, thy master, whom thou lovest, shall find thee full of labours.
0: Horns within. Enter King Lear, knights and attendants.
4: Let me not stay a jot for dinner. Go get it ready. Exit and attendant. How now? What art thou? A man, sir. What dost thou profess? What wouldst thou with us?
1: I do profess to be no less than I seem, to serve him truly that will put me in trust, to love him that is honest, to converse with him that is wise and says little, to fear judgment, to fight when I cannot choose, and to eat no fish.
4: What art thou?
1: A very honest-hearted fellow, and as poor as the king.
4: If thou beest as poor for a subject as he's for a king... Thou art poor enough. What wouldst thou? Service. Who wouldst thou serve? You. Dost thou know me, fellow?
1: No, sir. But you have that in your countenance which I would fain call master.
4: What's that?
1: Authority.
4: What services canst thou do?
1: I can keep honest counsel, ride, run, mar a curious tale in telling it, and deliver a plain message bluntly. That which ordinary men are fit for I am qualified in, and the best of me is diligence.
8: How old art thou?
1: Not so young, sir, to love a woman for singing, nor so old to dote on her for anything. I have years on my back, forty-eight.
4: Follow me, thou shalt serve me. If I like thee no worse after dinner, I will not part from thee yet. Dinner! Ho, dinner! Where's my knave, my fool? Go, you, and call my fool hither. Exit an attendant. Enter Oswald. You, you, sirrah, where's my daughter? So please you. Exit. What says the fellow there? Call the clotpole back. Exit a knight. Where's my fool? Ho! Oh, I think the world's asleep. Re-enter knight. How now, where's that mongrel? He
8: says, my lord, your daughter is not well why came not the slave back to me when i called him sir he answered me in a roundest manner he would not he would not my lord i know not what the matter is but to my judgment your highness is not entertained with that ceremonious affection as you were wont there's a great abatement of kindness appears as well in a general dependence as in a duke himself also and your daughter
4: Ha! Sayest thou so?
8: I beseech you pardon me, my lord, if I be mistaken, for my duty cannot be silent when I think your highness wronged.
4: Thou but rememberest me of mine own conception. I have perceived a most faint neglect of late, which I have rather blamed as mine own jealous curiosity than as a very pretense and purpose of unkindness. I will look further into it. But— Where's my fool? I have not seen him this two days. Since my young lady's going to France, sir, the fool hath much pined away. No more of that. I have noted it well. Go, you, and tell my daughter I would speak with her.
0: Exit attendant.
4: Go, you, call hither my fool.
0: Exit another attendant. Re-enter
4: Oswald. Oh, you, sir, you. Come you hither, sir. Who am I, sir?
12: My lady's father.
4: My lady's father? My lord's knave, you horse-on-dog, you slave, you
12: cur! I am none of these, my lord. I beseech your pardon.
4: Do you bandy looks with me, you rascal? Striking him.
12: I'll not be struck, my lord.
1: Nor tripped neither, you base football player.
4: Tripping up his heels. I thank thee, fellow. Thou servest me, and I'll love thee.
1: Come, sir, arise, away. I'll teach you differences. Away, away. If you will measure your lover's length again, tarry, but away. Go to, have you wisdom. So,
4: Pushes Oswald out. Now, my friendly knave, I thank thee. There's earnest of thy service. Giving Kent money. Enter fool.
13: Let me hire him too. He is my coxcomb.
4: Giving Kent his cap. How now, my pretty knave, how dost thou?
13: Sirrah, you a best take my coxcomb.
1: Why, fool?
13: Why, for taking one's part that's out of favour? Nay, and thou canst not smile as the wind sits, thou shalt catch cold shortly. There, take my coxcomb. Why, this fellow hath banished two on's daughters, and did the third a blessing against his will. If thou follow him, thou must needs wear my coxcomb. How now, nuncle, would I had two coxcombs and two daughters?
4: Why, my boy?
13: If I gave them all my living, I'd keep my coxcombs myself. There's mine. Beg another of thy daughters.
4: Take heed, sirrah, the whip.
13: Truth's a dog must to kennel. He must be whipped out when the lady Brock may stand by the fire and stink.
4: A pestilent gall to me. Sirrah,
13: I'll teach thee a speech. Do. Mark it, Nuncle. Have more than thou showest. Speak less than thou knowest. Lend less than thou owest. Ride more than thou goest, learn more than thou trowest, Set less than thou throwest, leave thy drink and thy whore, And keep in a door, and thou shalt have more than two tens to a score.
1: This is nothing, fool.
13: Then tis like the breath of an unfeed lawyer, you gave me nothing for't. Can you make no use of nothing, uncle?
4: Why, no, boy, nothing can be made out of nothing. To Kent.
13: Prithee tell him so much the rent of his land comes to. He will not believe a fool.
4: A bitter fool?
13: Dost thou know the difference, my boy, between a bitter fool and a sweet one?
4: No, lad, teach me.
13: That lord that counseled thee to give away thy land, come place him here by me. Do thou for him stand. The sweet and bitter fool will presently appear, the one in Motley here, the other
1: found out there
4: dost thou call me fool boy all thy other titles
13: thou hast given away that thou wast born with
1: this is not altogether fool my lord no faith
13: lords and great men will not let me if i had a monopoly out they would have part on it
1: and loads too
13: they will not let me have all the fools myself they'll be snatching Uncle, give me an egg and i'll give thee two crowns
4: what two crowns shall they be, why, after I have cut the
13: egg in the middle and eat up the meat, the two crowns of the egg, when thou clovest thy crown, i the middle and gavest away both parts, thou borest thine ass on thy back all the dirt thou hadst little wit in thy bald crown when thou gavest thy golden one away. If I speak like myself in this, let him be whipped that first finds it so fools had ne'er less wit in a year for wise men are grown foppish and know not how their wits to wear their manners are so apish
4: when were you wont to be so full of songs sirrah
13: i have used it in uncle Air since thou madest thy daughters thy mothers for when thou gavest them the rod and puttest down thine own breeches then they for sudden joy did weep and i for sorrow sung that such a king should play bo-peep and go the fools among Prithee, nuncle, keep a schoolmaster that can teach thy fool to lie. I would fain learn to lie.
4: And you lie, sirrah, will have you whipped.
13: I marvel what kin thou and thy daughters are. They'll have me whipped for speaking true, thou'lt have me whipped for lying, and sometimes I am whipped for holding my peace. I had rather be any kind of thing than a fool, and yet I would not be thee, nuncle. Thou hast paired thy wit o' both sides and left nothing in the middle here comes one of the pairings
4: enter goneril how now daughter what makes that frontlet on methinks you are too much of late in the frown
13: thou wast a pretty fellow when thou hadst no need to care for her frowning now thou art an o without a figure i am better than thou art i am a fool thou art nothing yes forsooth i will hold my tongue so your face bids me though you say nothing mum mum that keeps nor crust nor crumb, Weary of all, shall want some.
5: Pointing to Lear.
13: That's a shield, God, God. Not
5: only, sir, this your old licensed fool, But other of your insolent retinue Do hourly carp and quarrel, Breaking forth in rank and not to be endured riots. Sir, I had thought by making this well known Unto you to have found a safe redress, but now grow fearful by what yourself too late have spoken done, that you protect this course and put it on by your allowance, which, if you should, the fault would not scape censure nor the redresses sleep, which, in the tender of a wholesome weal, might, in their working, do you that offence which else were shame. That then necessity will call discreet proceeding.' Oh, you know, Knuckle, the hedge-sparrow fed the cuckoo so long that it had its
13: head bid off by its young. So out went the candle, and we were left darkling.
4: Are you our daughter?
5: Come, sir, I would you would make use of that good wisdom whereof I know you are fraught, and put away these dispositions that of late transform you from what you rightly are.
13: May not an ass know when the cat draws the horse? Whoop, Jug, I love
4: thee doth any here know me this is not lear doth lear walk thus speak thus where are his eyes either his notion weakens his discernings are lethargied ha waking tis not so who is it that can tell me who i am lear's shadow i would learn that for by the marks of sovereignty knowledge and reason I should be false persuaded I had daughters.
13: Which they will make an obedient father.
4: Your name,
5: fair gentlewoman? This admiration, sir, is much of the favour of other your new pranks. I do beseech you to understand my purposes aright. As you are old and reverend, you should be wise. Here do you keep a hundred knights and squires, men so disordered, so debauched and bold, that this, our court infected with their manners, Shows like a riotous inn. Epicurism and lust make it more like a tavern or a brothel than a graced palace. The shame itself doth speak for instant remedy. Be then desired by her that else will take the thing she begs, A little to disquantity your train. And the remainder, that shall still depend, To be such men as may besort your age, Which know themselves, and you.
4: Darkness and devils! Saddle my horses, call my train together. Degenerate bastard! I'll not trouble thee. Yet have I left a daughter.
5: You strike my people, and your disordered rabble makes servants of their betters.
4: Enter Albany. Woe that too late repents! To Albany? O oh, sir, are you come? Is it your will? Speak, sir, prepare my horses. ingratitude. THOU MARBLE-HEARTED FIEND, MORE HIDEOUS WHEN THOU show'st THEE IN A CHILD THAN THE SEA MONSTER. PRAY, SIR, BE PATIENT. TO GODERAL. DETESTED KITE, THOU LIEST. MY TRAIN ARE MEN OF CHOICE AND RAREST PARTS, THAT ALL PARTICULARS OF DUTY KNOW, AND IN THE MOST EXACT REGARD SUPPORT THE WORSHIPS OF THEIR NAME. O oh, most small fault, how ugly didst thou in Cordelia show, which like an engine wrenched my frame of nature from the fixed place, drew from my heart all love, and added to the gall. O oh, lear, 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 beat at this gate that let thy folly in, and thy dear judgment out. Striking his head. Go, go, my people.
14: My lord, I am guiltless, as I am ignorant of what hath moved you.
4: It may be so, my lord. Hear, nature, hear, dear goddess, hear. Suspend thy purpose, if thou didst intend to make this creature fruitful. Into her womb convey sterility dry up in her the organs of increase and from her derogate body never spring a babe to honour her if she must teem create her child of spleen that it may live and be athwart disnatured torment to her let it stamp wrinkles in her brow of youth with cadent tears fret channels in her cheeks turn all her mother's pains and benefits to laughter and contempt that she may feel how sharper than a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child. Away!
0: Away! Exit.
4: Now gods that we
5: adore,
14: whereof comes this?
5: Never afflict yourself to know more of it, but let his disposition have that scope that dotage gives it.
4: Re-enter Lear. What, fifty of my followers at a clap within a fortnight? what's the matter sir i'll tell thee life and death to goneril i am ashamed that thou hast power to shake my manhood thus that these hot tears which break from me perforce should make thee worth them blasts and fogs upon thee the untented woundings of a father's curse pierce every sense about thee old fond eyes Beweep this cause again, I'll pluck you out and cast you with the waters that you lose to temper clay. Ha! Let it be so. I have another daughter, who I am sure is kind and comfortable. When she shall hear this of thee, with her nails she'll flay thy wolfish visage.' Thou shalt find that I'll resume the shape which thou dost think I have cast off for ever. Lear, Kent, and Attendance.
5: Do you mark that?
14: I cannot be so partial, Goneril, to the great love I bear you.
5: Pray you content. What? Oswald, ho! To the fool. You, sir, more knave than fool. After your master
13: nuncle nuncleir, tarry, take the fool with thee. A fox, when one has caught her, and such a daughter, should sure to the slaughter. If my cap would buy a halter, so the fool follows after.
0: Exit.
5: This man hath had good counsel. A hundred knights, tis politic and safe to let him keep at point. A hundred knights. Yes, that on every dream, each buzz, each fancy, each complaint dislike, he may enguard his dotage with their powers and hold our lives in mercy. Oswald, I say.
14: Well, you may fear too
5: far. Safer than trust too far. Let me still take away the harms I fear, not fear still to be taken. I know his heart. What he hath uttered I have writ, my sister. If she sustain him in his hundred nights when I have showed the unfitness.
0: Re enter Oswald.
5: How now, Oswald? What, have you writ that letter to my sister? Aye, madam. Take you some company and away to horse. Inform her full of my particular fear, and thereto add such reasons of your own as may compact it more. Get you gone, and hasten your return.
0: Exit Oswald.
5: No, no, my lord, this milky gentleness and course of yours, though I condemn it not, yet under pardon you are much more atasked for want of wisdom than praised for harmful mildness.
14: How far your eyes may pierce, I cannot tell. Striving to better, oft we mar what's well. Nay, then. Well, well, the event.
0: Exeunt. Scene 5. Court before the Duke of Albany's Palace.
4: Enter Lear, Kent, and Fool. Go you before to Gloucester with these letters. Acquaint my daughter no further with anything you know than comes from her demand out of the letter. If your diligence be not speedy, I shall be there afore you.
1: I will not sleep, my lord, till I have delivered your letter.
4: Exit.
13: If a man's brains were in his heels, were't in danger of Gaib?
4: Ay, boy.
13: Then I prithee be merry. Thou wit, shall ne'er go (laughs) slipshod. Shalt see thy other daughter will use thee kindly, For though she's as like this as a crab's like an apple, Yet I can tell what I can tell. What
4: canst tell, boy?
13: She'll taste as like this as a crab does to a crab. Thou canst tell why one's nose stands in the middle on's face? No. Why to keep one's eyes of either side's nose, That what a man cannot smell out, He may spy in too.
4: I did her wrong.
13: Canst tell how an oyster makes his shell? No. Nor I neither, but I can tell why a snail has a house. Why? Why to put his head in, not to give it away to his daughters and leave his horns without a
4: case. I will forget my nature, so kind a father. Be my horses ready. Thy asses are gone about him. The reason why the seven
13: stars are no more than seven is a pretty reason.
4: Because they are not eight,
13: yes, indeed, thou wouldst make a good fool.
4: To take again perforce, monster ingratitude!
13: If thou wert my fool, uncle, I'd have thee beaten for being old before thy time. How's that? Thou shouldst not have been old till thou hadst been wise.
4: Oh, let me not be mad, not mad, sweet heaven! Keep me in temper. I would not be mad. Enter, gentlemen. How now? Are the horses ready? Ready, my lord. Come, boy.
13: She that's a maid now, and laughs at my departure, shall not be a maid long, unless things be cut shorter.
0: Exeunt. End of Act One Act Two of the Tragedy of King Lear by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene One A Court within the Castle of the Earl of Gloucester. Enter Edmund and Curran meeting.
3: Save thee, Curran.
0: And you, sir. I have been with your father, and given him notice that the Duke of
9: Cornwall and Regan his Duchess will be here with him this night.
3: How comes that?
9: Nay, I know not. You have heard of the news abroad? I mean, the whispered ones, for they are yet but ear-kissing arguments.
3: Not I, pray you, what are they?
9: Have you heard of no likely wars, toward twixt the two Dukes of Cornwall and Albany?
3: Not a word.
9: You may do, then, in time.
3: Fare you well, sir. Exit. The Duke be here to-night. The better, best. This weaves itself perforce into my business. My father hath set guard to take my brother, and I have one thing of a queasy question which I must act. Briefness and fortune work. Brother, a word. Descend. "'Brother, I say.'
0: "'Enter Edgar.'
3: "'My father watches. "'Sir, fly this place. "'Intelligence is given where you are hid. "'You have now the good advantage of the night. "'Have you not spoken against the Duke of Cornwall? "'He's coming hither, now, in the night, "'and the haste, and Regan with him. "'Have you nothing said upon his party "'against the Duke of Albany? "'Advise yourself.'
11: "'I am sure, aunt, not a word.'
3: "'I hear my father coming.' Pardon me, in cunning I must draw my sword upon you. Draw, seem to defend yourself. Now quit you well. Yield, come before my father. Light, ho there. Fly, brother. Torches, torches. So farewell.
0: Exit Edgar.
3: Some blood drawn on me would beget opinion of my more fierce endeavour. Wounds
0: his arm.
3: I have seen drunkards do more than this in sport. Father! Father! Stop! Stop! No help!
0: Enter Gloucester, and servants with torches. Now, Edmund, where's the villain?
3: Here stood he in the dark, his sharp sword out, mumbling of wicked charms conjuring the moon to stand auspicious mistress.
2: But where is he?
3: Look, sir, I bleed.
2: Where is the villain, Edmund?
3: fled this way, sir, when by no means he could—
2: Pursue him, ho! go after! Exeunt servants! By no means what?
3: Persuade me to the murder of your lordship, But that I told him the revenging gods gainst parricides Did all their thunders bend, Spoke with how manifold and strong a bond The child was bound to the father. Sir, in fine, seeing how loathly opposite I stood To his unnatural purpose, In fell motion, with his prepared sword, he charges home my unprovided body, lanced mine arm. That when he saw my best alarmed spirits, bold in the quarrel's right, roused to the encounter, Or whether gasted by the noise I made, full suddenly he fled.
2: Let him fly far, not in this land shall he remain uncaught, and found dispatched. The noble duke, my master, my worthy arch and patron, comes to-night. By his authority I will proclaim it, that he which finds him shall deserve our thanks, bringing the murderous coward to the stake, he that conceals him, death.
3: When I dissuaded him from his intent, and found him plight to do it, with cursed speech I threatened to discover him. He replied, thou unpossessing bastard! Dost thou think, if I would stand against thee, would the reposal of any trust, virtue, or worth in thee make thy words faithed? No. What I should deny, as this I would. I, though thou didst produce my very character, I turn it all to thy suggestion, plot, and damned practice. And thou must make a dullard of the world, if they not thought the Prophets of my death were very pregnant and potential spurs to make thee seek it.
2: Strong and fast, villain! Would he deny his letter? I never got him. Trumpets within, Hark, the Duke's trumpets! I know not why he comes. All ports I'll bar, the villain shall not scape. The Duke must grant me that. Besides, his picture I will send far and near, that all the kingdom may have due note of him. And of my land, loyal and natural boy, I'll work the means to make thee
15: capable. Enter Cornwall. Regan and Attendance. How now, my noble friend? Since I came hither, which I can call but now, I have heard strange news.
7: If it be true, all vengeance comes too short which can pursue the offender. How dost, my lord!
2: O, madam, my old heart is cracked.
7: It's cracked. What, did my father's godson seek your life? He whom my father named? Your Edgar?
2: (sniffs) O, lady, lady, shame would have it hid.
7: Was he not companion with the riotous kings that tend upon my father?
2: i know not madam it is too bad too bad
3: yes madam he was of that consort no marvel then though he were ill affected
7: tis they have put him on the old man's death to have the expense and waste of his revenues i have this present evening from my sister been well informed of them and with such cautions that if they come to sojourn at my house i'll not be there
15: nor i assure thee regan Edmund, I hear that you have shown your father a childlike office.
3: T'was my duty, sir.
15: He did betray his
2: practice, and received this hurt, you see, striving to apprehend him.
15: Is he pursued? Ay, my good lord. If he be taken, he shall never more be feared of doing harm. Make your own purpose, how in my strength you please. For you, Edmund, whose virtue and obedience Doth this instant so much commend itself, You shall be ours, natures of such deep trust We shall much need, you we first seize on.
3: I shall serve you, sir, truly, however else. For him
15: I thank your grace. You know not why we came to visit you.
7: Thus out of season, threading dark-eyed night, Occasions, noble Gloucester, of some poise, wherein we must have use of your advice. Our father, he hath writ, so hath our sister, of differences, which I best thought it fit to answer from our home. The several messengers from hence attend dispatch. Our good old friend lay comforts to your bosom, and bestow your needful counsel to our business, which craves the instant use.
2: I
0: serve you, madam. Your graces are right welcome. Exeunt. Scene two. Before Gloucester's castle. Enter Kent and Oswald. Severally.
12: Good dawning to thee, friend, Art of this house? I Where may we set our horses? Ithamire. Prithee, if thou lovest me, tell me. I
1: love thee not.
12: Why, then, I care not for thee? If I had thee in Lipsbury pinfold, I would make thee care for me. Why dost thou use me thus? I know thee not. Fellow, I know thee. What dost thou know me for? A knave,
1: a rascal an eater of broken meats, a base, proud, shallow, beggarly, three-suited, hundred-pound, filthy, worsted-stocking knave, a lily-livered, action-taking, horse-and-glass-gazing, super-serviceable, finical rogue, one trunk-inheriting slave— one that wouldst be a bawd in way of good service, and art nothing but the composition of a knave, beggar, coward, pander, and the son and heir of a mongrel bitch, one whom I will beat into clamorous whining, if thou deniest the least syllable of thy
12: addition. Why, what a monstrous fellow art thou, thus to rail on one that's neither known of thee, nor know'st thee.
1: What a brazen-faced varlet art thou, To deny thou knowest me! Is it two days ago since I beat thee, And tripped up thy heels before the king? Draw, you rogue, though it be night, Yet the moon shines. I'll make a sop of the moonshine of you. Draw, you horse and cullianly barbermonger! draw!
0: Drawing in his sword.
12: Away! I have nothing to do with thee.
1: Draw, you rascal! You come with letters against the king, and take vanity the puppet's part against the royalty of her father. Draw, you rogue, or I'll sow carbonado your shanks. Draw, you rascal, come your ways.
12: Help, ho! Murder, help! Strike, you
1: slave. Stand, rogue, stand. You neat slave, strike.
0: Beating him.
12: Help, ho! Murder, murder!
0: Enter Edmund, Cornwall, Regan, Gloucester and servants.
3: How now, what's the matter?
1: With you, Goodman boy, And you please? Come I'll flesh you. Come on, young master.
3: Weapons,
2: arms, what's the matter here?
15: Keep peace, upon your lives he dies that strikes again. What is the matter?
7: The messengers from our sister and the king.
15: What is your difference? Speak.
12: I am scarce in breath, my lord.
7: No marvel you have so bestirred your
1: valour. You cowardly rascal, nature disclaims in thee. A tailor made thee.
15: Thou art a strange fellow. A tailor make a man.
1: Ay, a tailor, sir. A stone-cutter or a painter could not have made him so ill,
12: though he had been but two hours at the trade.
15: Speak yet. How grew your quarrel?
12: This ancient ruffian, sir. Whose life I have spared at suit of his grey beard. Thou, horse and zed, thou unnecessary
1: letter. My lord, if you'll give me leave, I will tread this unbolted villain into mortar and daub the walls of a jakes with him. Spare my grey beard, you wagtail.
15: Peace, sirrah! You beastly knave, know you no reverence?
1: Yes, sir, but anger hath a privilege.
15: Why art thou angry?
1: that such a slave as this should wear a sword who wears no honesty. Such smiling rogues as these, like rats, oft bite the holy cords a twain which are too intrinsed to unloose, smooth every passion that in the natures of their lords rebel, bring oil to fire, snow to their colder moods, renege, affirm, and turn their halcyon beaks with every gale and vary of their masters, knowing not, like dogs, but following, a plague upon your epileptic visage. Smile you my speeches as I were a fool. Goose, and I had you upon Serum plain, I drive ye cackling home to Camelot.
15: What, art thou mad, old fellow? How fell you out? Say that.
1: No contraries hold more antipathy than I in such a knave.
15: Why dost thou call him knave? What is his fault?
1: His countenance likes me not.
15: No more perchance does mine, or his, or hers.
1: Sir, tis my occupation to be plain. I have seen better faces in my time than stands on any shoulder that I see before me at this instant.
15: This is some fellow who, having been praised for bluntness, doth affect a saucy roughness, and constrains the garb quite from his nature. Oh, he cannot flatter, he an honest mind and plain, he must speak truth, and they will take it so, if not he's plain. These kinds of knaves I know, which in this plainness harbor more craft and more corrupter ends than twenty silly-ducking observants that stretch their duties nicely.
1: Sir, in good faith, in sincere verity, under the allowance of your great aspect, whose influence, like the wreath of radiant fire on flickering Phoebus front—
15: What meanst by this?
1: To go out of my dialect, which you discommend so much. I know, sir, I am no flatterer. He that beguiled you in a plain accent was a plain knave, which for my part I will not be, though I should win your displeasure to entreat me to
12: it.
15: What was the offence you gave him?
12: I never gave him any. It pleased the king, his master, very late, to strike at me upon his misconstruction, when he, compact and flattering his displeasure, tripped me behind being down, insulted, railed, and put upon him such a deal of man that worthied him, got praises of the king, for him attempting, who was self-subdued. And in the fleshment of this dread exploit, drew on me here again.
1: None of these rogues and cowards, but Ajax is their fool.
15: Fetch forth the stocks, you stubborn ancient knave, you reverent braggart, we'll teach you.
1: Sir, I am too old to learn. Call not your stocks for me. I serve the king on whose employment I was sent to you. You shall do small respect, show too bold malice against the grace and person of my master, stalking his messenger.
15: Fetch forth the stocks, as I have life and honor. There shall he sit till noon.
7: Till noon? Till night, my lord, and all night too. Why,
1: madam, if I were your father's dog you should not use me so sir being
7: his knave i will
15: this is a fellow of the self same color our sister speaks of come bring away the stocks stocks brought out
2: let me beseech your grace not to do so his fault is much and the good king his master will check him for it your purposed low correction is such as basest and contemnedst wretches for pilferings and most common trespasses are punished with the king must take it ill that he so slightly valued in his messenger should have him thus restrained
15: i'll answer that
7: my sister may receive it much more worse to have her gentleman abused assaulted for following her affairs put in his legs
0: kent is put in the stocks
7: come my good lord away
0: exeunt all but Gloucester and kent i am sorry for thee friend tis the duke's pleasure whose
2: disposition all the world well knows will not be rubbed nor stopped i'll entreat for thee
1: pray do not sir i have watched and travelled hard some time i shall sleep out the rest I'll whistle. A good man's fortune may grow out at heels. Give you good morrow.
2: Ah, the duke's to blame in this. Twill be ill taken. Exit.
1: Good king, that must approve the common saw. Thou out of heaven's benediction comest to the warm sun. Approach, thou beacon to this under globe, that by thy comfortable beams I may peruse this letter. Nothing almost sees miracles but misery. I know 'tis from Cordelia, who hath most fortunately been informed of my obscured course, and shall find time from this enormous state, seeking to give losses their remedies. All weary and o'erwatched, take vantage, heavy eyes, not to behold this shameful lodging. Fortune, good night. Smile once more, turn thy wheel.
0: HE SLEEPS. SCENE THREE. THE OPEN COUNTRY. ENTER EDGAR. I heard myself proclaimed, and by the happy hollow of a tree escaped
11: the hunt. No port is free, no place, that guard and most unusual vigilance does not attend my taking. While I may scape, I will preserve myself, and am be thought to take the basest and the most poorest shape that ever penury in contempt of man brought near to beast. My face I'll grime with filth, blanket my loins, elf fall my hair in knots, and with presented nakedness, outface the winds and persecutions of the sky. The country gives me proof and precedent of bedlam beggars who, with roaring voices, strike in their numbed and mortified bare arms, pins, wooden pricks, nails, sprigs of rosemary, and with this horrible object from low farms, poor pelting villages, sheep-coats, and mills. Sometime with lunatic bands, sometime with prayers enforce their charity. Poor Turligod, poor Tom. That's something yet. Edgar, I
0: nothing am. Exit. Scene four. Before Gloucester's Castle. Kent in the Stocks.
4: Enter Lear, Fool, and Gentleman. tis strange that they should so depart from home and not send back my messenger. As I learned, the night before there was no purpose in them, of this remove.
1: Hail to thee, noble master.
4: Ha! Makest thou this shame thy pastime?
1: No, my lord. Ha-ha! He wears cruel garters. Horses are tied
13: by the head, dogs and bears by the neck, monkeys by the loins, and men by the legs. When a man is over-lusty at legs, then he wears wooden
1: nether-stalks.
4: What's he that hath so much thy place mistook to set thee here?
1: It is both he and she, your son and daughter. No. Yes.
4: No, I say.
1: I say yea.
4: No, no, they would not.
1: Yes, they have.
4: By Jupiter, I swear no.
1: By Juno, I swear I.
4: They durst not do it. They would not, could not do it. Tis worse than murder to do upon respect such violent outrage. Resolve me with all modest haste which way thou mightst deserve, or they impose this usage coming from us.
1: My lord, when at their home I did commend your highness' letters to them, ere I was risen from the place that showed my duty kneeling, came there a reeking post, stewed in his haste, half-breathless, panting forth from goneril his mistress' salutations, delivered letters, spite of intermission, which presently they read— on whose contents they summoned up their manie, straight took horse, commanded me to follow and attend the leisure of their answer, gave me cold looks, and meeting here the other messenger, whose welcome I perceived had poisoned mine, being the very fellow which of late displayed so saucily against your highness, having more man than wit about me, drew, he raised the house with loud and coward cries, your son and daughter found this trespass worth the shame which here it suffers winter's not gone yet if the wild geese fly that way
13: fathers that wear rags do make their children blind but fathers that bear bags shall see their children kind fortune that arrant whore ne'er turns the key to the poor but for all this thou shalt have as many dollars for thy daughters as thou canst tell in a year
4: oh how this mother swells up toward my heart hysterica passio down thou climbing sorrow thy elements below where is this daughter
1: with the earl sir here within
4: follow me not stay here exit
16: made you no more offense but what you speak of
1: none how chance the king comes with so small a number
13: and thou hadst been set in the stocks for that question
1: thou hadst well deserved it
13: why fool well set thee to school to an aunt to teach thee there's no labouring in the winter all that follow their noses are led by their eyes but blind men and there's not a nose among twenty but can smell him that's stinking let go thy hold when a great wheel runs down a hill lest it break thy neck with following it but the great one that goes up the hill let him draw thee after. When a wise man gives thee better counsel, give me mine again. I would have none but knaves follow it, since a fool gives it. That sir which serves and seeks for gain, and follows but for form, will pack when it begins to rain, and leave thee in the storm. But I will tarry, the fool will stay, and let the wise man fly. The knave turns fool that runs away, the fool no
1: knave per day." Where learned you this fool?
0: "'Not in the stocks,
4: fool,' re-entered Lear with Gloucester. "'Deny to speak with me? They are sick? They are weary? "'They have travelled all the night? Mere fetches, "'the image of revolt and flying off. Fetch me a better answer.' "'My dear lord, you know the
2: fiery quality of the duke, "'how unremovable and fixed he is in his own course vengeance plague death
4: confusion fiery what quality why gloucester gloucester i'd speak with the duke of cornwall and his
2: wife well my good lord i have informed them so
4: informed them dost thou understand me man Ay, my good lord the king would speak with cornwall THE DEAR FATHER WOULD WITH HIS DAUGHTER SPEAK, COMMANDS HER SERVICE. ARE THEY INFORMED OF THIS? MY BREATH AND BLOOD! FIERY! THE FIERY DUKE! TELL THE HOT DUKE THAT- NO, BUT NOT YET, MAYBE HE IS NOT WELL. INFIRMITY DOTH STILL NEGLECT ALL OFFICE WHERETO OUR HEALTH IS BOUND. WE ARE NOT OURSELVES WHEN NATURE BEING OPPRESSED commands the mind to suffer with the body, I'll forbear, and am fallen out with my more headier will to take the indisposed and sickly fit for the sound man. Looking on Kent Death on my state! Wherefore should he sit here? This act persuades me that this remotion of the Duke and her is practice only. Give me my servant forth go tell the duke and his wife i'll speak with them now presently bid them come forth and hear me or at their chamber door i'll beat the drum till it cries sleep to death i would have all well betwixt you exit oh me my heart my rising heart but down
13: Cry to it uncle, as the cockney did to the eels when she put him in the paste alive She napped him on the coxcombs with a stick, and cried, Down, wantons, down. T'was her brother that, in pure kindness, To his horse butted his hay.
0: Enter Cornwall, Regan, Gloucester, and servants. Good morrow to you both.
4: Hail to your grace. Kent is set at liberty.
7: I am glad to see your highness.
4: Regan, I think you are. I know what reason I have to think so. If thou shouldst not be glad... I would divorce me from thy mother's tomb, sepulchring an adulteress. To Kent. Oh, are you free? Some other time for that. Beloved Regan, thy sister's naught. Oh, Regan, she hath tied sharp toothed unkindness like a vulture here. Points to his heart. I can scarce speak to thee. Thou'lt not believe with how depraved a quality, O Regan. I pray you, sir,
7: take patience. I have hope you less know how to value her desert than she to scant her duty.
4: Say, how is that?
7: I cannot think my sister in the least would fail her obligation. If, sir, perchance she have restrained the riots of your followers, tis on such ground and to such wholesome end as clears her from
4: all blame. My, curses on her!
7: Oh, sir, you are old... Nature in you stands on the very verge of her confine. You should be ruled and led by some discretion that discerns your state better than you yourself. Therefore I pray you that to our sister you do make return. Say you have wronged her, sir.
4: Ask her forgiveness. Do you but mark how this becomes the house? Dear daughter, I confess that I am old. Kneeling. Age is unnecessary. On my knees I beg that you'll vouchsafe me raiment, bed, and food.
7: Good sir, no more. These are unsightly tricks. Return you to my sister.
4: Rising. Never, Regan. She hath abated me of half my train, looked black upon me, struck me with her tongue most serpent-like upon the very heart. All the stored vengeances of heaven fall on her ingrateful top. "'Strike her young bones, you taking airs with lameness. "'Fie, sir, fie!' "'You nimble lightnings dart your blinding flames into her scornful eyes. "'Infect her beauty, you fen-sucked fogs, "'drawn by the powerful sun to fall and blast her pride.
7: "'Oh, the blessed gods! "'So will you wish on me when the rash mood is on.
4: "'No, Regan. Thou shalt never have my curse. Thy tender, hefted nature shall not give thee o'er to harshness. Her eyes are fierce, but thine do comfort and not burn. Tis not in thee to grudge my pleasures, to cut off my train, to bandy hasty words, to scant my sizes, and in conclusion to oppose the bolt against my coming in. Thou better know'st the offices of nature, bond of childhood, effects of courtesy, dues of gratitude. Thy half of the kingdom hast thou not forgot, wherein I thee endowed.
7: Good sir, to the
4: purpose. Who put my man i the stocks? Tuck it within. What trumpets that?
7: I know it, my sisters. This approves her letter that she would soon be here
4: enter oswald this is a slave whose easy borrowed pride dwells in the fickle grace of her he follows out varlet from my sight what means your grace who stalked my servant regan i have good hope thou didst not know aunt who comes here enter Goneril. oh heavens if you do love old men if your sweet sway allow obedience, If yourselves are old, make it your cause. Send down and take my part. To goneril Art not ashamed to look upon this beard? O oh, Regan, wilt thou take her by the
5: hand? Why not by the hand, sir? How have I offended? All's not offense that indiscretion finds And dotage terms so.
4: O, Sides, you are too tough. Will you yet hold? How came my man i' the stocks? I set him there, sir,
15: but his own disorders deserved much less advancement. You,
4: did you?
7: I pray you, father, being weak seems so. If till the expiration of your month you will return and sojourn with my sister, dismissing half your train, come then to me i am now from home and out of that provision which shall be needful for your entertainment
4: return to her and fifty men dismissed no rather i abjure all roofs and choose to wage against the enmity of the air to be a comrade with the wolf and owl necessity's sharp pinch return with her why the hot-blooded france that dowerless took our youngest-born, I could as well be brought to knee his throne, and squire-like, pension-beg, to keep base life afoot. Return with her? Persuade me rather to be slave and sumpter to this detested groom." Pointing to Oswald. At your choice, sir. I prithee, daughter, do not make me mad. I will not trouble thee, my child. Farewell. We'll no more meet. No more see one another. But yet thou art my flesh, my blood, my daughter. Or rather a disease that's in my flesh, which I must needs call mine. Thou art a boil, a plague sore, an embossed carbuncle in my corrupted blood. But I'll not chide thee. Let shame come when it will. I do not call it. I do not bid the thunder-bearer shoot, nor tell tales of thee to high-judging Jove. Mend when thou canst, be better at thy leisure. I can be patient, I can stay with Regan. I and my hundred knights.
7: Not altogether so. I looked not for you yet, nor am provided for your fit welcome. Give ear, sir, to my sister. For those that mingle reason with your passion must be content to think you old, and so. But she knows what she does.
4: Is this well spoken?
7: I dare avouch it, sir. What, fifty followers? Is it not well? What should you need of more? Yea, or so many, Sith at both charge and danger Speak against so great a number. How in one house should many people Under two commands hold amity? Tis hard, almost impossible.
5: Why might not you, my lord, Receive attendance from those That she calls servants? Or from mine?
7: Why not, my lord? If then they chanced to slack you, we could control them. If you will come to me, for now I spy a danger, I entreat you to bring but five and twenty. To no more will I give place or notice.
4: I gave you all.
7: And in good time you gave it.
4: Made you my guardians, my depositaries, but kept a reservation to be followed with such a number. What? Must I come to you with five and twenty, Regan? Said you so?
7: And speak it again, my lord. No more with me.
4: Those wicked creatures yet do look well favoured when others are more wicked. Not being the worst, stands in some rank of praise. I'll go with thee. Thy fifty yet doth double five and twenty, and thou art twice her love.
5: Hear me, my lord what need you five and twenty ten or five to follow in a house where twice so many have a command to tend you what need one
4: oh reason not the need our basest beggars are in the poorest things superfluous allow not nature more than nature needs man's life is cheap as beasts thou art a lady if only to go warm were gorgeous why nature needs not what thou gorgeous wear'st which scarcely keeps thee warm but for true need you heavens give me that patience patience i need you see me here you gods a poor old man as full of grief as age wretched in both If it be you that stirs these daughters' hearts against their father, fool me not so much to bear it tamely. Touch me with noble anger, and let not women's weapons, water-drops, stain my man's cheeks. No, you unnatural hags! I will have such revenges on you both that all the world shall. I will do such things. What they are yet I know not, but they shall be the terrors of the earth. You think I'll weep? No, I'll not weep. I have full cause of weeping, but this heart shall break into a hundred thousand flaws, or ere I'll weep. O fool, I shall go mad.
0: Exeunt, Lear. Gloucester, Kent and Fool, Storm, heard at a distance.
15: Let us withdraw, t'will be a storm.
7: This house is little, the old man and his people cannot be well bestowed.
5: Tis his own blame, hath put himself from rest, and must needs taste his folly.
7: For his particular I'll receive him gladly, but not one follower.
5: So am I purposed. Where is my lord of Gloucester?
15: Followed the old man forth. He is returned. Re-enter Gloucester. The king is in high
2: rage.
15: Whither is he going? He calls to horse, but will I know not whither? Tis best to give him way. He leads himself.
5: My lord, entreat him by no means to stay.
2: Alack, the night comes on, and the high winds do sorely ruffle. For oh, many miles about, there's scarce a bush.
7: Oh, sir, to wilful men the injuries that they themselves procure must be their schoolmasters. Shut up your doors. He is attended with a desperate train, and what they may incense him to, being apt to have his ear abused, wisdom bids fear.
15: Shut up your doors, my lord. Tis a wild night. My Regan counsels well. Come out of the storm. Excellent. End of Act Two.
0: Act Three of The Tragedy of King Lear by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three, Scene one. A heath, a storm with thunder and lightning. Enter Kent and a gentleman meeting.
1: Who's there, besides foul weather?
0: One-minded like the weather, most
16: unquietly.
1: I know you. Where's the king?
16: Contending with the fretful elements, bids the wind blow the earth into the sea or swell the curled waters above the main that things might change or cease tears his white hair which the impetuous blasts with eyeless rage catch in their fury and make nothing of strives in his little world of man to outscorn the to and fro conflicting wind and rain This night, wherein the cub-drawn bear would couch, The lion and the belly-pinched wolf keep their fur dry, Unbonneted he runs, and bids what will take all.
1: But who is with him?
16: None but the fool, who labours to out jest his heart-struck injuries.
1: Sir, I do know you, and dare upon the warrant of my note Commend a dear thing to you. There is division, although as yet the face of it be covered with mutual cunning twixt Albany and Cornwall, who have, as who have not that their great stars thrown and set high, servants, who seem no less, which are to France the spies and speculations intelligent of our state. What hath been seen, either in snuffs and packings of the dukes, or the hard rain which both of them have borne against the old king, or something deeper, whereof perchance these are but furnishings. But true it is, from France there comes a power into this scattered kingdom, who already, wise in our negligence, have secret feet in some of our best ports, and are at point to show their open banner. Now to you. If on my credit you dare build so far to make your speed to Dover— You shall find some that will thank you, making just report of how unnatural and bemadding sorrow the king hath caused to plain. I am a gentleman of blood and breeding, and from some knowledge and assurance offer this office to you.
16: I will talk further with you.
1: No, do not. For confirmation that I am much more than my out-wall, open this purse and take what it contains. If you shall see Cordelia, as fear not but you shall... Show her this ring, and she will tell you who your fellow is that yet you do not know. Fie on this storm! I will go seek the king.
16: Give me your hand. Have you no more to say?
1: Few words, but to effect, more than all yet, that when we have found the king, in which your pain that way, I'll this. He that first lights on him, hala the other.
0: Exeunt Severally Scene 2 Another part of the heath Storm continues. Enter Lear and Fool.
4: Blow winds and crack your cheeks! Rage! Blow, you cataracts and hurricanos! Spout till you have drenched our steeples, drowned the cocks! You sulfurous and thought-executing fires! Vaunt couriers to oak-cleaving thunderbolts! singe my white head and thou all shaking thunder strike flat the thick rotundity of the world crack nature's moulds all germans spill at once that make ingrateful man
13: oh nuncle court holy water in a dry house is better than this rain water outer door good nuncle in and ask thy daughter's blessing Here's a night pities neither wise men nor fools.
4: RUMBLE THY BELLYFUL! SPIT FIRE! SPOUT RAIN! NOR RAIN, WIND, THUNDER, FIRE ARE MY DAUGHTERS! I TAX NOT YOU, YOU ELEMENTS, WITH UNKINDNESS! I NEVER GAVE YOU KINGDOM, CALLED YOU CHILDREN! YOU OWE ME NO SUBSCRIPTION! then let fall your horrible pleasure here i stand your slave a poor infirm weak and despised old man but yet i call you servile ministers that will with two pernicious daughters join your high engendered battles gainst a head so old and white as this oh oh tis
13: foul he that has house to puts head in has a good headpiece the codpiece that will house before the head has any the head in he shall louse so beggars marry many the men that makes his toe what he his heart should make shall of a corn cry woe and turn his sleep to wake for there was never yet fair woman but she made mouths in a glass
4: no, I will be the pattern of all patience. I will say nothing. Enter Kent.
1: Who's there?
13: Mary, here's Grace and a piece. That's a wise man and a fool.
1: Alas, sir, are you here? Things that love night love not such nights as these. The wrathful skies gallow the very wanderers of the dark and make them keep their caves. Since I was man, such sheets of fire, such bursts of horrid thunder, Such groans of roaring wind and rain I never remember to have heard. Man's nature cannot carry the affliction nor the fear.
4: Let the great gods that keep this dreadful pother o'er our heads find out their enemies now. Tremble, thou wretch, that hast within thee undivulged crimes, unwhipped of justice, Hide thee, thou bloody hand, thou perjured and thou simular man of virtue that art incestuous, caitiff! To pieces, shake that under covert and convenient seeming hast practised on man's life. Close pent up guilts, rive your concealing countenance, and cry these dreadful summoner's grace. I am a man more sinned against than sinning.
1: Alack, bareheaded! Gracious, my lord! Hard by here is a hovel. Some friendship will it lend you against the tempest? Repose you there, whilst I to this hard house, more harder than the stones were of tis raised, which even but now, demanding after you, denied me to come in. Return and force their scanted courtesy.
4: My wits begin to turn. Come on, my boy. How dust, my boy, art cold. I am cold myself. Where is this straw, my fellow? The art of our necessities is strange, that can make vile things precious. Come, your hovel. Poor fool and knave, I have one part in my heart that's sorry yet for thee.
13: He that has in a little tiny wit, With hey-ho the wind and the rain, Must make content with his fortune's fit, For the rain it raineth every day.
4: True boy, come, bring us to this hovel.
0: Exeunt, Lear, and Kent.
13: This is a brave night to cool a courtesan. I'll speak a prophecy ere I go. When priests are more in word than matter, When brewers mar their malt with water, When nobles are their tailors tutors, no heretics burned, but wenches suitors. When every case in law is right, No squire in debt, nor no poor knight. When slanders do not live in tongues, Nor cut-purses come not to throngs. When usurers tell their gold in the field, And bards and whores do churches build, Then shall the realm of Albion come to great confusion. Then comes the time who lives to see it, That going shall be used with feet this prophecy merlin shall make for i live before
0: his time exit scene three a room in gloucester's castle enter gloucester and edmund
2: alack alack edmund i like not this unnatural dealing when i desired their leave that i might pity him they took from me the use of mine own house charged me on pain of perpetual displeasure neither to speak of him entreat for him nor any way sustain him
3: most savage and unnatural
2: go to say you nothing there is division between the dukes and a worse matter than that i have received a letter this night it is dangerous to be spoken i have locked the letter in my closet these injuries the king now bears will be revenged at home. There's part of a power already footed. We must incline to the king. I will seek him and privily relieve him. Go you and maintain talk with the duke that my charity be not of him perceived. If he ask for me, I am ill and gone to bed. If I die for it, as no less is threatened me, the king, my old master, must be relieved. Oh, there is some strange thing toward Edmund. Pray you be careful.
3: Exit. This courtesy forbid thee, shall the Duke instantly know, and of that letter too. This seems a fair deserving and must draw me that which my father loses, no less than all. The younger rises when the old doth fall. EXIT Scene
0: 4 A part of the heath with a hovel. Storm continues. Enter Lear, Kent, and Fool.
1: Here is the place, my lord. Good my lord, enter. The tyranny of the open nights too rough for nature to endure.
4: Let me alone.
1: Good my lord, enter here.
4: Wilt break my heart?
1: I had rather break mine own. Good my lord, enter.
4: Thou think'st tis much that this contentious storm invades us to the skin? So tis to thee. But where the greater malady is fixed, the lesser is scarce felt. Thou'st shun a bear. But if thy flight lay toward the raging sea, Thou'dst meet the bear I the mouth. When the mind's free, the body's delicate, The tempest in my mind doth from my senses Take all feeling else, save what beats there, Filial ingratitude. Is it not as this mouth should tear this hand For lifting food to it? But I will punish home. No, I'll weep no more, in such a night to shut me out. Pour on, I will endure, on such a night as this, O Regan Goneril, your old kind father, whose frank heart gave all. Oh, that way madness lies, let me shun that, no more of that.
1: Good my lord, enter here.
4: Prithee, go in thyself, Seek thine own ease. This tempest will not give me leave To ponder on things would hurt me more. But I'll go in. To the fool. In, boy, go first. You houseless poverty, Nay, get thee in. I'll pray, and then I'll sleep.
0: Fool goes in.
4: Poor naked wretches, Wheresoe'er you are, That bide the pelting of this pitiless storm, how shall your houseless heads and unfed sides your looped and windowed raggedness defend you from seasons such as these oh i have ta'en too little care of this take physic pomp expose thyself to feel what wretches feel that thou mayest shake the superflux to them and show the heavens more just
11: within fathom and half fathom and
0: half poor tom the fool runs out from the hovel
13: come not in here uncle. Here's a spirit help me help me give me thy
1: hand who's there a spirit a spirit he says his name's <coughs> poor tom what art thou that dost grumble there i the straw come forth
0: enter edgar disguised as a madman away the foul
11: fiend follows me through the sharp hawthorn blows the cold wind Hum, go to thy cold bed, and warm thee.
4: Didst thou give all to thy two daughters, and art thou come to this? Who gives anything to poor Tom,
11: whom the foul fiend hath led through fire and through flame, through ford and whirlpool, over bog and quagmire, that hath laid knives under his pillow and halters in his pew, set ratsbane by his porridge, made him proud of heart to ride in a bay-trotting horse over four-inched bridges. To course his own shadow for a traitor. Bless thy five wits, Tom's a-cold, O oh, duty, duty, duty. Bless thee from whirlwinds, Star-blasting and taking. Do poor Tom some charity, Whom the foul fiend vexes. There could I have him now, And there, and there again, and there.
0: Storm continues.
4: What have his daughters brought him to this pass? Couldst thou save nothing? Didst thou give them all? Nay, he reserved a blanket, else we had been all shamed. Now, all the plagues that in the pendulous air hang fated o'er men's faults, light on thy daughters.
1: He hath no daughters, sir.
4: Death traitor! Nothing could have subdued nature to such a lowness but his unkind daughters is it the fashion that discarded fathers should have thus little mercy on their flesh judicious punishment. 'Twas this flesh begot those pelican daughters
11: pillicock sat on pillicock hill
13: hallo hallo lulu. this cold night will turn us all to fools and madmen
11: take heed of the foul fiend obey thy parents keep thy word justly swear not Commit not with man sworn spouse. Set not thy sweet heart on proud array. Tom's a-cold.
4: What hast thou been?
11: A serving man, proud in heart and mind, That curled my hair, wore gloves in my cap, Served the lust of my mistress' heart, And did the act of darkness with her, Swore as many oaths as I spake words, And broke them in the sweet face of heaven, One that slept in the contriving of lust, And waked to do it. Wine-love die deeply, die dearly, And in woman out paramour the Turk. False of heart, light of ear, bloody of hand, Hog in sloth, fox in stealth, Wolf in greediness, dog in madness, lion in prey. Let not the creaking of shoes, nor the rustling of silks betray Thy poor heart to woman. Keep thy foot out of brothel, thy hand out of placket, Thy pen from lender's book, and defy the foul fiend still through the hawthorn blows the cold wind Say, some mun money dolphin my boy boy cessa let him trot by
0: storm still continues
4: why thou wert better in thy grave than to answer with thy uncovered body this extremity of the skies is man no more than this Consider him well. Thou owest the worm no silk, the beast no hide, the sheep no wool, the cat no perfume. Ha! Here's Threon's are sophisticated. Thou art the thing itself. Unaccommodated man is no more but such a poor, bare, forked animal as thou art. Off! Off, you lendings! Come, unbutton here.
0: Tears off his clothes.
4: Prithee, uncle,
0: be contented.
4: Tis a naughty night to swim in.
13: Now a little fire in a wild field, we're like an old lecher's heart. A small spark, all the rest on's body cold. Look, here comes a walking fire.
11: This is the foul fiend, flibberty jibbet. He begins at curfew and walks till the first cock. He gives the web and the pin. Squints the eye, and makes the hair lip, Mildews the white wheat, And hurts the poor creature of earth. swifthold footed thrice the old, He met the nightmare, and her ninefold, Bid her alight, and her troth plight, And arroint thee, which
0: arroint thee?
1: How fares your grace?
0: Enter Gloucester, with a torch. What's he?
1: Who's there? What is't you seek? What are
11: you there? Your names? Poor Tom! that eats the swimming frog, the toad, the todpole, the wall-newt and the water, that in the fury of his heart, when the foul fiend rages, eats cow dung for salads, swallows the old rat and the ditch-dog, drinks the green mantle of the standing-pool, who is whipped from tithing to tithing, and stocked, punished and imprisoned, who hath had three suits to his back, six shirts to his body, horse to ride and weapons to wear. But mice and rats and such small deer have been Tom's food for seven long year beware my follower peace malkin peace thou fiend
2: what hath your grace no better
11: company the prince of darkness is a gentleman modho is called
2: and Maho, our flesh and blood my lord is grown so vile that it doth hate what gets it poor tom's a cold go in with me my duty cannot suffer to obey in all your daughter's hard commands though their injunction be to bar my doors and let this tyrannous night take hold upon you yet have i ventured to come seek you out
4: and bring you where both fire and food is ready first let me talk with this philosopher what is the cause of thunder
1: Good my lord, take his offer. Go into the house.
4: I'll talk a word with this same learned Theban. What is your study?
11: How to prevent the fiend and to kill vermin.
4: Let me ask you one word in private.
1: Importune him once more to go, my lord. His wits begin to unsettle.
2: Canst thou blame him? His daughters seek his death. Oh, that good Kent, he said it would be thus. Poor banished man. Thou say'st the king grows mad. I'll tell thee, friend, I am almost mad myself. I had a son, now outlawed from my blood. He sought my life, but lately, very late, I loved him, friend. No father his son dearer. Storm continues. True to tell thee, the grief hath crazed my wits. What a NIGHT this!
4: I do beseech your grace. Oh, cry you mercy, sir, noble philosopher, your company. Tom's a cold. In, fellow, there, into the hovel, keep thee warm. Come, let's in all.
1: This way, my lord.
4: With him I will keep still with my philosopher.
1: Good my lord, soothe him, let him take the fellow.
4: Take him, you on.
1: Sirach, come on, go along with us.
4: Come, good Athenian. No words, no words. Hush! Child Roland
11: to the dark tower came. His word was still, fie, foe, and
0: fum. I smelled the blood of a British man. Accent. SCENE V. A Room in Gloucester's Castle.
15: Enter Cornwall and Edmund. I will have my revenge ere I depart his house.
3: How, my lord, I may be censured, That nature thus gives way to loyalty Something fears me to think of.
15: I now perceive it was not altogether your brother's evil disposition Made him seek his death, but a provoking merit, Set a work by reprovable badness in himself.
3: How malicious is my fortune that I must repent to be just. This is the letter he spoke of, which approves him an intelligent party to the advantages of France. Oh, heavens, that this treason were not, or not I, the detector.
15: Go with me to the Duchess.
3: If the matter of this paper be certain, you have mighty business in hand.
15: True or false, it hath made thee Earl of Gloucester. Seek out where thy father is, that he may be ready for our apprehension. Aside,
3: If I find him comforting the king, it will stuff his suspicion more fully. I will persevere in my course of loyalty, though the conflict be sore between that and my blood.
15: I will lay trust upon thee, and thou shalt find a... Dearer father, in my love,
0: Exeunt. Scene six, a chamber and a farmhouse adjoining the castle. Enter Gloucester, Lear, Kent, Fool, and Edgar. Oh, here is better than the open air. Take it thankfully.
2: I will piece out the comfort with what addition I can. I will not be long from you.
1: All the power of his wits have given way to his impatience. The gods reward your kindness.
2: Exit Gloucester.
11: Fratoretto calls me, and tells me Nero is an angler in the lake of darkness. Pray, innocent, and beware the foul fiend.
13: Prithin, uncle, tell me whether a madman be a gentleman or a yeoman.
4: A king, a king.
13: No, he's a yeoman that has a gentleman to his son. For he's a mad yeoman that sees his son a gentleman before him.
4: To have a thousand with red burning spits come hissing in upon him.
13: The foul fiend bites my back. He's mad that trusts in the tameness of a wolf, a horse's health, a boy's love, or a whore's oath.
4: It shall be done. I will arraign them straight. To Edgar. Come, sit thou here, most learned justicer. To the fool thou sapient sir sit here now you she-foxes
11: look where he stands and glares once thou eyes at trial madam come o'er the born bessie to me her boat hath a leak and she must not speak why she dares not come over to thee the foul fiend haunts poor tom in the voice of a nightingale hope dance cries in tom's belly for two white herring croak not black angel i have no food for thee
1: how do you, sir? Stand you not so amazed. Will you lie down and rest upon the cushions?
4: I'll see their trial first. Bring in their evidence.
0: To Edgar.
4: Thou, robed man of justice, take thy place. To the fool. And thou, his yoke-fellow of equity, bench by his side. To Kent. You are the commission, sit you too. Let us deal justly. Sleepest or wakest thou? jolly
11: shepherd thy sheep be in the corn and for one blast of thy minican mouth thy sheep shall take no harm purr the cat is gray
4: arraign her first tis goneril i here take my oath before this honourable assembly she kicked the poor king her father come
13: hither mistress is your name goneril
4: she cannot deny it
13: cry you mercy i took you for a joint-stool
4: and here's another whose warped look proclaim what store her heart is made on stop her there arms arms sword fire corruption in the place false justicer, why hast thou let her scape bless thy five wits
1: oh pity sir where is the patience now that you so oft have boasted to retain
4: aside
11: my tears begin to take his part so much They'll mar my counterfeiting.
4: The little dogs and all TRAY, Blanche, and Sweetheart, see, they bark at me. Tom will throw his head at them. A vaunt you curs,
11: be thy mouth or black or white, tooth that poisons if it bite, mastiff greyhound, mongrel grim, hound or spaniel bratch or limb, or bobtail tyke or trundle tail, Tom will make them weep and wail, for WITH throwing thus my head, dogs leap the hatch and all are fled. Duty, Diddy, Cessa, come march to wakes and fairs and market-towns. Poor Tom, thy horn is dry.
4: Then let them anatomize Regan, see what breeds about her heart. Is there any cause in nature that makes these hard hearts? To Edgar. You, sir, I entertain you for one of my hundred. Only I do not like the fashion of your garments. You'll say they are Persian. But let them be changed.
1: Now, good my lord, lie here and rest a while.
4: Make no noise, make no noise. Draw the curtains. So, so, we'll go to supper i' the morning.
0: And I'll go to bed at noon. Re-enter Gloucester.
2: Come hither, friend, where is the king, my master?
1: Here, sir, but trouble him not his wits are gone
2: good friend i prithee take him in thy arms i have o'erheard a plot of death upon him there is a litter ready lay him i and drive towards dover friend where thou shalt meet both welcome and protection take up thy master if thou shouldst dally half an hour his life with thine and all that offer to defend him stand in assured loss take up take up and follow me that will to some provision give thee quick conduct
1: Oppressed nature sleeps this rest might yet have balmed thy broken sinews which if convenience will not allow stand in hard cure come help to bear thy master
0: to the fool
1: thou must not stay behind, come, come
0: away, Exeunt Kent, Gloucester, and the fool, bearing off Lear
11: when we are better see bearing our woes, we scarcely think our miseries are foes, who alone suffers suffers most of the mind, leaving free things and happy shows behind, but then the mind much sufferance doth overskip when grief hath mates and bearing fellowship. How light and portable my pain seems now, when that which makes me bend makes the king bow. He childed as I fathered. Tom, away! Mark the high noises, and thyself BERAY, when false opinion, whose wrong thought defiles thee, in thy just proof repeals and reconciles thee. What will hap more to night,
0: save scape the king? Lurk, lurk. Exit. SCENE SEVEN. A room in Gloucester's castle. Enter Cornwall, Regan, Goneril, Edmund, and servants.
15: POST SPEEDILY TO MY LORD, YOUR HUSBAND. SHOW HIM THIS LETTER. THE ARMY OF FRANCE IS LANDED. SEEK OUT THE TRAITOR, Gloucester. EXCEON, SOME OF THE SERVANTS.
7: HANG HIM INSTANTLY.
5: PLUCK OUT HIS EYES.
15: Leave him to my displeasure. Edmund, keep you our sister company. The revenges we are bound to take upon your traitorous father are not fit for your beholding. Advise the Duke where you are going to a most festinate preparation. We are bound to the like. Our posts shall be swift and intelligent betwixt us. Farewell, dear sister. Farewell, my lord of Gloucester.
12: Enter Oswald.
15: How now? Where's the king?
12: My lord of Gloucester hath conveyed him hence, some five or six and thirty of his knights. Postquestrists after him met him at a gate, who, with some other of the lord's dependents, are gone with him towards Dover, where they boast to have well-armed friends.
15: Get horses for your mistress.
5: Farewell, sweet lord and sister.
15: Edmund, farewell.
0: Exeunt, Conoral,
15: Edmund, and Oswald. Go, seek the traitor Gloucester. Pinion him like a thief. Bring him before us. Exeunt, other servants. Though well we may not PASS UPON HIS LIFE WITHOUT THE FORM OF JUSTICE, YET OUR POWER SHALL DO A COURTESY TO OUR WRATH, WHICH MEN MAY BLAME BUT NOT CONTROL. WHO'S THERE, THE TRAITOR? RE-ENTER SERVANTS WITH CLUSTER.
7: INGRATEFUL FOX, TIS HE.
15: BIND FAST HIS CORKY ARMS. WHAT MEAN YOUR GRACES? GOOD MY FRIENDS, CONSIDER YOU
2: ARE MY GUESTS. Do me no foul play, friends.
15: Bind him, I say. Servants bind him.
7: Hard, hard! O filthy traitor!
15: Unmerciful lady as you are, I'm none. To this chair bind him. Villain, thou shalt find. Regan plucks his beard.
2: Ah, by the kind gods! Tis most ignobly done to pluck me by the beard.
7: So white, and such a traitor.
2: (gasps) Naughty lady! These hairs which thou dost ravish from my chin will quicken and accuse thee. I am your host. With robbers' hands my hospitable favours you should not ruffle
15: thus. (gasps) What will you do? Come, sir, what letters had you late from France?
7: Be simple answered, for we know the truth.
15: And what confederacy have you with the traitors late-footed in the kingdom?
7: To whose hands have you sent the lunatic king? Speak.
2: I have a letter, guessingly set down, which came from one that's of a neutral heart,
15: and not from one opposed. Cunning.
7: And false.
15: Where hast thou sent the king? to dover
7: wherefore to dover wast thou not charged at peril
15: wherefore to dover let him first answer that i am tied to the stake and i must stand the
2: course
7: wherefore to dover sir
2: because i would not see thy cruel nails plug out his poor old eyes nor thy fierce sister in his anointed flesh stick borish fangs the sea with such a storm as his bare head in hell-black night endured would have buoyed up and quenched the stell'd fires yet poor old heart he halt the heavens to rain. If wolves had at thy gate howled that stern time, thou shouldst have said, Good porter, turn the key. All cruels else subscribed. But I shall see the winged vengeance overtake such children.
15: See it, shalt thou never! Fellows, hold the chair upon these eyes of thine i'll set my foot gloucester is held down in his chair
0: while cornwall plucks out one of his eyes and sets his foot on it
2: he that will think to live till he be old give me some help
7: Oh, cruel!
2: Oh, ye gods!
7: One side will mock another, the other
15: too. If you see vengeance...
5: Hold your hand, my lord. I have served you ever since I was a child, but better service have I never done you than now to bid you hold. How now, you dog? If you did wear a beard upon your chin, I'd shake it on this quarrel. What do you mean? My
0: villain! Draws and runs at him.
5: Nay then, come on and take the chance of anger.
0: Draws. They fight. Cornwall is wounded.
5: Give me thy
7: sword.
0: To another servant.
7: A peasant stand up thus.
0: Snatches a sword. Comes
5: behind and
0: stabs him.
5: Oh, I am slain. My lord, you have one eye left to see some mischief on them. Oh.
15: Die lest it see more prevent it out vile jelly where is thy lustre now tears out
0: gloucester's other eye and throws it on the ground
2: (laughs) all dark and comfortless where's my son edmund edmund Enkindle all the sparks of nature, To quit this horrid act.
7: Out, treacherous villain! Thou callest on him that hates thee. It was he that made the overture of thy treason to us, Who is too good to pity thee. O
2: my follies! Then Edgar was
7: abused. Kind
2: gods, forgive me that, And prosper
15: him.
7: Go thrust him out at gates, and let him smell his way to Dover. How is it, my lord? How look you?
15: I have received a hurt. Follow me, lady. Turn out that eyeless villain. Throw this slave upon the dunghill. Regan, I bleed apace. Untimely comes this hurt. Give me your arm. Exeunt Cornwall, led by Regan.
0: Servants, unbind Gloucester, and lead him out.
5: I'll never
3: care what wickedness I do, if this man come to good.
0: If she live long,
9: and in the end meet the old course of death, women will all turn monsters.
3: Let's follow the old earl, and get the bedlam to lead him where he would. His roguish madness allows itself to anything.
9: Go thou, I'll
0: fetch some flax and whites of eggs to apply to his bleeding face. NOW HEAVEN HELP HIM. Exeunt severally. End of Act Three Act Four of The Tragedy of King Lear by William Shakespeare this is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. At four, Scene one, the heath. Enter Edgar.
11: Yet better thus, unknown to be contemned, than still contemned and flattered, to be worst, the lowest and the most dejected thing of fortune. Stand still in esperance, lives not in fear. The lamentable change is from the best, the worst returns to laughter. Welcome then, thou unsubstantial heir that I embrace. The wretch that thou hast blown unto the worst
0: owes nothing to thy blasts. But who comes here? Enter Gloucester, led by an old man. My father poorly
11: led World World, O oh world but that thy strange mutations make us hate thee life would not yield to age
8: oh my good lord i have been your tenant and your father's tenant these fourscore years away get thee away good
2: friend begone thy comforts can do me no good at all thee they may hurt you cannot see your way i have no way and therefore want no eyes i stumbled when i saw full oft disseen our means secure us and our mere defects prove our commodities o dear son edgar the food of thy abused father's wrath might i but live to see thee in my touch i'd say i had eyes again Oh
11: no! who's there aside o oh, gods who is't can say i am at the worst i am worse than ever i was tis poor mad tom aside and worse i may be yet the worst is not so long as we can say this is the worst
8: fellow where ghost? is it a beggar man madman and beggar too He
2: has some reason, else he could not beg. In the last night's storm I such a fellow saw, Which made me think a man a worm. My son came then into my mind, And yet my mind was then scarce friends with him. I have heard more since. As flies to wanton boys are we to the gods they kill us for their sport exit how shall this be bad is
11: the trade that must play fool to sorrow angering itself and others
2: bless thee master is that the naked fellow ay my lord then prithee get thee gone if for my sake thou wilt o'ertake us hence a mile or twain hither way toward dover do it for ancient love and bring some covering for this naked soul which i'll entreat to lead me alack sir he is mad tis the time's plague when madmen lead the blind do as i bid thee
8: or rather do thy
2: pleasure
8: above the rest be gone I'll bring him the best peril that i have come on to what will Exit sir a naked fellow poor tom's
11: a cold. aside i cannot daub it further
2: come hither fellow aside
11: and yet i must bless thy sweet eyes they bleed know'st thou the way to dover both stile and gate horseway and footpath poor tom hath been scared out of his good wits bless thee good man son from the foul fiend five fiends have been in poor tom at once of lust as Obadicut, cut ubbity dense prince of dumbness mahu of stealing modo of murder flibbity gibbet of mopping and mowing who since possesses chambermaids
2: and waiting women so bless thee master here take this purse thou whom the heavens plagues have humbled to all strokes that i am wretched makes thee the happier heavens deal so still let the superfluous and lust dieted man that slaves your ordinance that will not see because he does not feel feel your power quickly so distribution should undo excess and each man have enough dost thou know dover ay master there is a cliff whose high and bending head looks fearfully in the confined deep. Bring me but to the very brim of it, and I'll repair the misery thou dost bear with something rich about me. From that place I shall no leading need. Give me thy arm. Poor Tom shall
0: lead thee. Exeunt. Scene two before the duke of albany's palace enter goneril and edmund
12: oswald
5: meeting them welcome my lord i marvel our mild husband not met us on the way now where's your master
12: madam within but never man so changed i told him of the army that was landed he smiled at it i told him you were coming his answer was the worse of gloucester's treachery and of the loyal service of his son When I informed him, then he called me sot, and told me I had turned the wrong side out. What must he should dislike seems pleasant to him, what like offensive. To Edmund.
5: Then shall you go no further. It is the cowish terror of his spirit that dares not undertake. He'll not feel wrongs which tie him to an answer. Our wishes on the way may prove effects. Back, Edmund, to my brother. Hasten his musters and conduct his powers. I must change arms at home and give the distaff into my husband's hands. This trusty servant shall pass between us. Ere long you are like to hear, if you dare venture in your own behalf, a mistress's command.
0: Giving a favor.
5: Wear this. Spare speech. Decline your head. This kiss, if it durst speak, would stretch thy spirits up into the air. Conceive, and fare thee well.
3: Yours in the ranks of death. Exit Edmund.
5: My most dear Gloucester, oh, the difference of man and man! To thee a woman's services are due. My fool usurps my body.
12: Madam, here comes my lord exit
0: enter albany
5: i have been worth the whistle
0: o goneril
14: you are not worth the dust which the rude wind blows in your face i fear your disposition that nature which contemns its origin cannot be bordered certain in itself she that herself will sliver and disbranch from her material sap perforce must wither and come to deadly use
5: no more the text is foolish
14: wisdom and goodness to the vile seem vile filths savor but themselves what have you done tigers not daughters what have you performed a father and a gracious aged man whose reverence even the head-lugged bear would lick most barbarous most degenerate Have you madded? Could my good brother suffer you to do it? A man, a prince, by him so benefited. If that the heavens do not their visible spirits Send quickly down to tame these vile offences, It will come. Humanity must perforce prey on itself Like monsters of the deep.
5: Milk-livered man That burst a cheek for blows, a head for wrongs, who hast not in thy brows an eye discerning thine honour from thy suffering, that not-nosed fools do those villains pity who are punished, ere they have done their mischief. Where's thy drum? France spreads his banners in our noiseless land, with plumed helm thy slayer begins threats, whilst thou, a moral fool, sittest still and criest, Alack, why does he so?
14: See thyself, devil, Proper deformity seems not in the fiend, so horrid as in woman.
5: O oh, vain fool!
14: Thou changed and self-covered thing, for shame. Be monster not thy feature. Were't my fitness to let these hands obey my blood, they are apt enough to dislocate and tear thy flesh and bones. Howe'er thou art a fiend, a woman's shape doth shield thee.
5: Marry your manhood now.
0: Enter a messenger.
9: What news? Oh, my good lord, the Duke of Cornwall's dead, Slain by his servant going to put out the other eye of Gloucester. Gloucester's eyes? A servant that he bred, thrilled with remorse, Opposed against the act, bending his sword to his great master, Who, thereat enraged, flew on him, and amongst them felled him dead, But not without that harmful stroke which sinth have plucked him after
14: this shows you are above you justices that these our nether crimes so speedily can venge but oh poor gloucester lost he his other eye
9: both both my lord this letter madam craves a speedy answer Tis from your sister
0: aside
5: one way i like this well but being widow and my gloucester with her may all the building in my fancy pluck upon my hateful life Another way the news is not so tart. I'll read and answer. Exit.
14: Where was his son when they did take his eyes? Come with my
9: lady, hither. He is not here. No, my good lord, I met him back again.
14: Knows he the wickedness?
9: Aye, my good lord, t'was he informed against him, And quit the house on purpose that their punishment might have the freer course.
14: Gloucester, I live to thank thee for the love thou showedst the king and to revenge thine eyes. Come hither,
0: friend, tell me what more thou knowst. Exeunt. Scene 3. The French camp near Dover. Enter Kent and the gentleman.
1: Why the King of France is so suddenly gone back? Know you the reason?
16: Something he left imperfect in the state, which since his coming forth is thought of, which imports to the kingdom so much fear and danger that his personal return was most required and necessary.
1: Who hath he left behind him, General?
16: The Maréchal of France, Monsieur Lafar.
1: Did your letters pierce the Queen to any demonstration of grief?
16: Aye, sir. She took them. Read them in my presence, and now and then an ample tear trilled down her delicate cheek. It seemed she was a queen over her passion, who, most rebel-like, sought to be king o'er her.
1: Oh, then it moved her.
16: Not to a rage. Patience and sorrow strove who should express her goodliest. You have seen sunshine and rain at once. Her smiles and tears were like a better day. Those happy smillets that played on her ripe lip Seemed not to know what guests were in her eyes, Which parted thence as pearls from diamonds dropped. In brief, sorrow would be a rarity most beloved If all could so become it.
1: Made she no verbal question.
16: Faith, once or twice she heaved the name of Father, Pantingly forth, as if it pressed her heart, Cried, "'Sisters! Sisters! Shame of ladies! Sisters! Kent! Father! Sisters! What? Either storm? Either night? Let pity not be believed!' There she shook, the holy water from her heavenly eyes, and clamour moistened. Then away she started to deal with grief alone.
1: "'It is the stars. The stars above us govern our conditions else one self-mate and mate could not beget such different issues. You spoke not with her since? No. Was this before the king returned?
16: No, since.
1: Well, sir, the poor distressed leers of the town, who sometime in his better tune remembers what we are come about, and by no means will yield to see his daughter.
16: Why, good sir?
1: A sovereign shame so elbows him, His own unkindness that stripped her from his benediction, turned her to foreign casualties, gave her dear rights to his dog-hearted daughters. These things sting his mind so venomously that burning shame detains him from Cordelia.
16: Alack, poor gentleman.
1: Of Albany's and Cornwall's powers you heard not.
16: Tis so, they are afoot.
1: Well, sir, I'll bring you to our master Lear and leave you to attend him. Some dear cause will in concealment wrap me up awhile. When I am known aright, you shall not grieve lending me this acquaintance. I pray you, go along with me.
0: Exeunt. Scene four. The French Camp. A Tent. Enter Cordelia, physician and soldiers.
6: Alack! Tis he, why, he was met even now, As mad as the vexed sea, singing aloud crowned with rank fumider and furrow weeds, with harlocks, hemlock, nettles, cuckoo flowers, darnel, and all the idle weeds that grow in our sustaining corn, a century send forth, search every acre in the high-grown field, and bring him to our eye.
0: Exit an officer.
6: What can man's wisdom, in the restoring his bereaved sense, he that helps him take all my outward worth?
8: There is means, madam, a foster nurse of nature is a repose the which he lacks, that to provoke in him a many simples operative whose power will close the eye of anguish. All blessed
6: secrets, all you unpublished virtues of the earth, spring with my tears, be aidant and remediate in the good man's distress. Seek, seek for him, lest his ungoverned rage dissolve the life that wants the means to lead it.
0: Enter a messenger. News, madam, the British
9: powers are marching hitherward.
6: Tis known before. Our preparation stands in expectation of them. O oh, dear father, it is thy business that I go about. Therefore, great France, my mourning and important tears hath pitied. No blown ambition doth our arms incite, But love, dear love, and our aged father's right, Soon may I hear and see him.
0: Excellent scene five a room in gloucester's castle enter regan and oswald
7: but are my brother's powers
12: set forth ay madam himself in person there madam with much ado your sister is the better soldier
7: lord edmund spake not with your lord
12: at home no madam
7: what might import my sister's letter to him
12: i know not lady
7: faith he is posted hence on serious matter it was great ignorance, Gloucester's eyes being out to let him live. Where he arrives, he moves all hearts against us. Edmund, I think, is gone in pity of his misery to dispatch his knighted life. Moreover, to descry the strength of the enemy.
12: I must needs after him, madam, with my letter.
7: Our troops set forth to-morrow. Stay with us. The ways are dangerous.
12: I may not, madam. My lady charged my duty in this business.
7: Why should she write to Edmund? "'Might not you transport her purposes by word? "'Belike, something... I know not what. "'I'll love thee much. Let me unseal the letter.'
12: "'Madam, I had rather.'
7: "'I know your lady does not love her husband. I am sure of that. "'And at her late being here she gave strange eyelids "'and most speaking looks to noble Edmund. "'I know you are of her bosom.'
12: "'Aye, madame.'
7: "'I speak in understanding. You are. I know it.' Therefore I do advise you, take this note. My lord is dead. Edmund and I have talked, and more convenient is he for my hand than for your lady's. You may gather more. If you do find him, pray you give him this. And when your mistress hears thus much from you, I pray, desire her, call her wisdom to her. So fare you well. If you do chance to hear of that blind traitor, Perferment falls on him that cuts him off.
12: Would I could meet him, madam, I should show what party I do follow. Fare thee well.
0: Exeunt. Scene 6. The country near Dover. Enter Gloucester and Edgar dressed like a peasant.
2: When shall I come to the top of that same hill? You do climb up it now. Look how we labor. Methinks the ground is even. Horrible
11: steep. Hark! Do you hear the sea? No, truly. Why then,
2: your other senses grow imperfect by a eyes' anguish? So may it be, indeed. Methinks thy voice is altered, and thou speak'st in better phrase and matter than thou didst. You are much
11: deceived. In nothing am I changed, but in my garments. Methinks you're better spoken. Come on, sir. Here's the place. Stand still. How fearful and dizzy 'tis to cast one's eyes so low! The crows and coughs that wing the midway air show scarce so gross as beetles! Half way down hangs one that gathers samphire! Dreadful trade! Methinks he seems no bigger than his head! The fishermen that walk upon the beach appear like mice! And yond tall anchoring bark, diminished to her cock, her cock a boy almost too small for sight! the murmuring surge, that on the unnumbered, idle pebble chafes, cannot be heard so high. I look no more, lest my brain turn, and the deficient sight topple down headlong. Set me where you stand. Give me your hand. You are now within a foot of the extreme verge, for all beneath the moon would I not leap upright. Let go
2: my hand. Here, friends, another purse in it a jewel well worth a poor man's taking fairies and gods prosper it with thee go thou further off bid me farewell and let me hear thee going now fare ye well good sir seems to go with all my heart aside
11: why i do trifle thus with his despair has done to cure it
2: o you mighty gods this world i do renounce and in your sights shake patiently my great affliction of if i could bear it longer and not fall to quarrel with your great opposeless wills my snuff and loathed part of nature should burn itself out if edgar live Oh, bless him. Now, fellow, fare thee well. Gone, sir.
11: Farewell. Gloucester leaps and falls along. And yet I know not how conceit may rob the treasury of life when life itself yields to the theft. Had he been where he thought, by this had thought been past. Alive or dead? Ho oh, you sir friend hear you sir speak thus might he pass indeed yet he revives what are you sir
2: away and let me die
11: hadst thou be nought but gossamer feathers air so many fathom down precipitating thou'st shivered like an egg but thou dost breathe hast heavy substance bleed'st not speak'st art sound ten masts At each make not the altitude which thou hast perpendicularly fell. Thy life is a miracle. Speak yet again. But have I fallen, or no? From the dread summit of this chalky bourne, look up in height. The shrill gorged lark so far cannot be
2: seen or heard. Do but look up. Alack, I have no eyes his wretchedness deprived that benefit to end itself by death twas yet some comfort when misery could beguile the tyrant's rage and frustrate his proud will give me your arm up
11: so how ist feel you your legs you stand too well too well this is above all strangeness upon the crown of the cliff what thing was that which parted from you a poor
2: unfortunate beggar
11: as i stood here below methought his eyes were two full moons he had a thousand noses horns whelked and waved like the enridged sea it was some fiend therefore thou happy father think that the clearest gods who make them honours of men's impossibility
2: have preserved thee i do remember now henceforth i'll bear affliction till it do cry out itself enough enough and die that thing you speak of i took it for a man often twould say the fiend the fiend he led me to that place
0: bear free and patient thoughts but who comes here enter Lear. Fantastically dressed up with flowers.
11: The safer sense will ne'er accommodate his master thus.
4: No, they cannot touch me for coining. I am the king himself.
11: O thou side-piercing sight!
4: Nature's above art in that respect. There's your press-money. That fellow handles his bow like a crow-keeper. Draw me a clothier's yard. Look, look, a mouse! Peace, peace this piece of toasted cheese will do there's my gauntlet i'll prove it on a giant bring up the brown bills oh well flown bird either clout either clout Whew. give the word sweet marjoram pass i know that voice ha <laughs> goneril with a white beard they flattered me like a dog and told me i had white hairs in my beard ere the black ones were there to say i and no to everything i said i and no too was no good divinity when the rain came to wet me once and the wind to make me chatter when the thunder would not peace at my bidding there i found em there i smelt em out go to they are not men of their words they told me i was everything tis a lie i am not ague proof the trick of that voice i do well remember is't not the king ay every inch a king when i do stare see how the subject quakes i pardon that man's life what was thy cause adultery (laughs) thou shalt not die die for adultery no the wren goes toot and the small gilded fly does lecher in my sight let copulation thrive for gloucester's bastard son was kinder to his father than my daughters got tween the lawful sheets toot luxury pell-mell for i lack soldiers behold yond simpering dame whose face between her forks presages snow that minces virtue and does shake the head to hear of pleasure's name the fit nor or the soiled horse goes to it with a more riotous appetite down from the waist they are centaurs the women all above but to the girdle do the gods inherit Beneath is all the fiends, there's hell, there's darkness, there is the sulphurous pit, burning, scalding, stench, consumption, fie, 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 pa, pa. Give me an ounce of civet, good apothecary, to sweeten my imagination, there's money for thee oh let me kiss that hand let me wipe it first it smells of mortality oh ruined piece of nature this great world shall so wear out to naught dost thou know me i remember thine eyes well enough dost thou squinny at me no do thy worst blind cupid I'll not love. Read thou this challenge, Mark but the penning of it. Where all the letters suns, I could not see
11: one. I would not take this from report. It is, and my heart
4: breaks at it. Read. What, with the case of eyes? Oh ho, are you there with me? No eyes in your head, nor no money in your purse your eyes are in a heavy case your purse in a light yet you see how this world goes i see it feelingly what art mad a man may see how the world goes with no eyes look with thine ears see how yond justice rails upon yond simple thief hark in thine ear change places and handy dandy "'Which is the justice, which is the thief? "'Thou hast seen a farmer's dog bark at a beggar?' "'Aye, sir.' "'And the creature run from the cur? "'There thou mightst behold the great image of authority, "'a dog's obeyed in office. "'Thou rascal-beadle, hold thy bloody hand! "'Why dost thou lash that whore, strip thine own back?' thou hotly lustest to use her in that kind for which thou whipst her the usurer hangs the cousiner. through tattered clothes small vices do appear robes and furred gowns hide all plate sin with gold and the strong lance of justice hurtless breaks arm it in rags a pigmy's straw does pierce it None does offend, none. I say none, I'll able Take that of me, my friend, who have the power to seal the accuser's lips. Get thee glass eyes, and like a scurvy politician seem to see the things thou dost not. Now, 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 pull off my boots.
11: Harder, harder. So, O oh, matter and impertinency mixed! Reason in madness!
4: If thou wilt weep my fortunes, take my eyes. I know thee well enough. Thy name is Gloucester. Thou must be patient. We came crying hither. Thou know'st, the first time that we smell the air, we wall and cry. I will preach to thee, mark. Alack, alack, the day! when we are born we cry that we are come to this great stage of fools this's a good block it were a delicate stratagem to shew a troop of horse with felt I'll put it in proof and when i have stolen upon these sons-in-law then
0: kill 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 enter a gentleman with attendants. Oh,
16: here he is. Lay hand upon him, sir, your most dear daughter.
4: No rescue? What, a prisoner? I am even the natural fool of fortune. Use me well, you shall have ransom. Let me have surgeons, I am cut to the brains.
16: You shall have anything.
4: No seconds? All myself? Why, This would make a man a man of salt, to use his eyes for garden water-pots, aye, and for laying autumn's dust. Good sir. I will die bravely, like a smug bridegroom, what? I will be jovial. Come, come, I am a king, my masters, know you that. You are a royal one, and we obey you. Then there's life in't. Nay, and you get it. You shall get it by running.
0: Sa, 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 sa! Exit running. Attendants follow. A sight most
16: pitiful in the meanest wretch. Past speaking of in a king. Thou hast one daughter who redeems nature from the general curse which twain have brought her to. Hail, gentle sir. Sir, speed you. What's your will? Do you hear aught, sir, of a battle toward? Most sure and vulgar, everyone hears that which can distinguish sound.
11: But by your favour, how nears the other army?
16: Near, and on speedy foot, the main descry stands on the hourly thought. I thank you, sir, that's all. Though that the Queen on special cause is here, her army is moved
2: on. I thank you,
0: sir. Exit,
2: gentlemen. You ever gentle gods, take my breath from me let not my worser spirit tempt me again to die before you please
11: well pray you father
2: now good sir what are you
11: a most poor man made tame to fortune's blows who by the art of known and feeling sorrows am pregnant to good pity
2: give me your hand i'll lead you to some biding hearty thanks The bounty and the benison of heaven to
0: boot and boot. Enter Oswald.
12: A proclaimed prize, most happy. That eyeless head of thine was first framed flesh to raise my fortunes. Thou old unhappy traitor, briefly thyself remember. The sword is out, that must destroy thee. Now let thy
2: friendly hand put strength enough to it. Edgar interposes.
12: Wherefore, bold peasant, Darest thou support a published traitor? Hence, lest that the infection of his fortune take Like hold on thee, let go his arm.
11: Child, not let go, sir, without further occasion.
12: Let go, slave, or thou diest.
11: Go, gentlemen, go your gate, and let poor folk pass. And should have been swaggered out of my life, T'would not have been so long as tis by a fortnight. Nay, come not near the old man, keep out. "'Try for you. Arise, try whether your custard or my bat be the harder. try be plain with you.' "'Out, Dunghill.' try pick your teeth, sir. Come,
0: no matter for your vines.' They fight, and Edgar knocks him down.
12: "'Slave, thou hast slain me. Villain, take my purse. "'If ever thou wilt thrive, bury my body, "'and give the letters which thou findst about me "'to Edmund, Earl of Gloucester. "'Seek him out upon the British party.' O untimely death.
11: dies. I know thee well, a serviceable villain, as duteous to the vices of thy mistress as badness would desire. What, is he dead? Sit you down, father, rest you. Let's see these pockets. The letters that he speaks of may be my friends. He's dead. I am only sorry he had no other debtsman. Let us see. Leave gentle wax, and manners blame us not. To know our enemies' minds, we'd rip their hearts. Their papers is more lawful. Reads. Let our reciprocal vows be remembered. You have many opportunities to cut him off. If your will want not, time and place will be fruitfully offered. There is nothing done if he return the conqueror. Then am I the prisoner. And his bed my jail, From the loathed warmth whereof deliver me, And supply the place for your labour, Your wife, so I would say, Affectionate servant, Ill. our O indistinguished space of woman's will, A plot upon our virtuous husband's life, And exchange my brother, Here in the sands thee I'll rake up, The post unsanctified, of murderous leches and in the mature time with this ungracious paper strike the sight of the death practised duke for him tis well that of thy death and business i can
0: tell exit edgar dragging out the body
2: the king is mad how stiff is my vile sense that i stand up and have ingenious feeling of my huge sorrows better i were distract so should my thoughts be severed from my griefs and woes by wrong imaginations lose the knowledge of themselves give me your hand a drum
11: afar off far off methinks i hear the beaten drum
0: come farther i'll bestow you with a friend exeunt scene seven a tent in the french camp lear on a bed asleep soft music playing physician gentlemen and others attending enter cordelia and kent
6: o thou good kent how shall i live and work to match thy goodness my life will be too short and every
1: measure fail me to be acknowledged madam is or paid. all my reports go with the modest truth Nor more, nor clipped, but so.
6: Be better suited. These weeds are memories of those worser hours. I prithee
1: put them off. Pardon, dear madam, yet to be known shortens my maiden tent. My boon I make it that you know me not till time and I think meet.
0: Then be it so, my good lord.
8: To the physician?
6: How? Does the king?
8: Madam, sleeps still.
6: O you kind gods! Cure this great breach in his abused nature, the untuned and jarring senses. Oh, wind up, of this child-changed father.
8: So please, your majesty, that we may wake the king. He hath slept long.
6: Be governed by your knowledge, and proceed, with the sway of your own will. Is he arrayed?
8: Aye, madam. In the heaviness of sleep we put fresh garments on him. Be by, good madam, when we do awake him i doubt not of his temperance very well please you draw near louder the music there
6: oh my dear father restoration hang thy medicine on my lips and let this kiss repair those violent harms that my two sisters have in thy reverence made kind and dear princess had you not been their father these white flakes had challenged pity of them was this a face to be opposed against the warring winds, to stand against the deep dread bolt thunder, in the most terrible and nimble stroke, of quick cross lightning, to watch, poor Perdue, with this thin helm, mine enemy's dog, though he had bit me, should have stood that night against my fire, and wast thou fain, poor father, to hovel thee with swine and rogues forlorn, in short and musty straw, alack, alack! Tis wonder that thy life and wits at once Had not concluded all. He wakes, speak to him.
8: Madam, do you,
4: tis fittest.
6: How does my royal lord? How fares your majesty?
4: You do me wrong to take me out of the grave. Thou art a soul in bliss, But I am bound upon a wheel of fire That mine own tears do. scourge cold like molten lead sir do you know me you are a spirit i know when did you die
6: still still far wide
4: he's scarce awake let him alone a while where have i been where am i fair daylight i am mightily abused i should e'en die with pity to see another thus i know not what to say i will not swear these are my hands let's see i feel this pin-prick would i were assured of my condition
6: oh look upon me sir and hold your hands in benediction over me no sir you must not
4: kneel pray do not mock me i am a very foolish fond old man fourscore and upward not an hour more nor less And, to deal plainly, I fear I am not in my perfect mind. Methinks I should know you, and know this man, yet I am doubtful, for I am mainly ignorant what place this is, and all the skill I have remembers not these garments.' nor I know not where I did lodge last night. Do not laugh at me, for as I am a man, I think this lady to be my child, Cordelia. And so I am. I am. Be your tears wet. Yes, Faith, I pray, weep not. If you have poison for me, I will drink it. I know you do not love me, for your sisters have, as I do remember, done me wrong. You have some cause. They have not.
6: No cause. No cause.
4: Am I in France?
1: In your own kingdom, sir.
4: Do not abuse me.
8: Be comforted, good madam. The great rage, you see, is killed in him, and yet it is danger to make him even o'er the time he is lost. Desire him to go in, trouble him no more to further settling.
6: Will it please your highness walk?
4: You must bear with me. Pray you now, forget and forgive. I am old and foolish.
0: Exeunt, Lear, Cordelia, physician and attendants.
16: Holds it true, sir, that the Duke of Cornwall was so slain?
1: Most certain, sir.
16: Who is conductor of his people?
1: As tis said, the bastard son of Gloucester.
16: They say Edgar, his banished son, is with the Earl of Kent in Germany.
1: Report is changeable. Tis time to look about. The powers of the kingdom approach apace.
16: The arbitrament is like to be bloody. Fare you well, sir. Exit.
1: My point in period will be throughly wrought, or well or ill, as this day's battles fought.
15: Exit. End of Act Four.
0: Act Five of The Tragedy of King Lear by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Scene 1. The camp of the British forces near Dover. Enter, with drum and colors, Edmund, Regan, officers, soldiers, and others.
3: Know of the Duke if his last purpose hold, or whether, since he is advised by aught to change the course, He's full of alteration and self-reproving. Bring his constant pleasure.
0: To an officer who goes out.
3: Our sister's man
7: is certainly miscarried.
3: Tis to be doubted, madam.
7: Now, sweet lord, you know the goodness I intend upon you. Tell me, but truly. But then speak the truth. Do you not love my sister? In
3: honoured love.
7: But have you never found my brother's way to the forfended place?
3: That thought abuses you.
7: I am doubtful that you have been conjunct and bosomed with her, as far as we call hers.
3: No, by mine honour, madam. I never shall endure her, dear my lord. Be not familiar with her. Fear me not. She and the duke her husband.
0: Enter with drum and colours. Albany. General and soldiers, sigh.
5: I had rather lose the battle Than that sister should loosen him and me.
14: Our very loving sister, well be met. Sir this I heard. The king is come to his daughter, With others whom the rigor of our state Forced to cry out. Where I could not be honest I never yet was valiant, For this business it touches us As France invades our land. Not bolds the king, with others whom, I fear, most just and heavy causes make oppose.
5: Sir, you speak nobly.
7: Why is this reasoned?
5: Come, bind together against the enemy, for these domestic and particular broils are not the question here.
14: Let's then determine, with the Ancient of War, on our proceeding.
3: I shall attend you presently at your tent. Sister, you'll go with us? No. Tis most convenient.
7: Pray you, go with us.
0: A sigh.
5: Ho, oh, oh, I know the riddle. I will go.
0: As they are going out, Enter Edgar, disguised. If e'er your grace had speech with man so poor, Hear me one word. I'll overtake you. Speak. Exeunt, Edmund, Regan, Goneril, officers, soldiers, and attendants.
11: Before you fight the battle, Ope this letter. If you have victory, let the trumpet sound for him that brought it, wretched though I seem I can produce a champion that will prove what is avouch there, if you miscarry your business of the world hath so an end, and machination ceases. Fortune love you,
14: stay till I have read the letter.
11: I was forbid it when time shall serve, let but the herald cry, and I'll appear again.
14: Why fare
0: thee well? I will o'erlook thy paper. Exit Edgar. Re-enter Edmund.
3: The enemies in view, draw up your powers. Here is the guess of their true strength and forces by diligent discovery. But your haste is now urged on you.
14: We will greet the time. Exit.
3: To both these sisters have I sworn my love. Each jealous of the other as the stung are of the adder. Which of them shall I take? Both? One? Or neither. Neither can be enjoyed if both remain alive. To take the widow exasperates, makes mad her sister Goneril, and hardly shall I carry out my side her husband being alive. Now then, we'll use his countenance for the battle, which being done, let her who would be rid of him devise his speedy taking off. As for the mercy which he intends to Lear and to Cordelia, THE BATTLE DONE, AND THEY WITHIN OUR POWER, SHALL NEVER SEE HIS PARDON. FOR MY STATE STANDS ON ME TO DEFEND, NOT TO DEBATE. EXIT
0: SCENE 2 A FIELD BETWEEN THE TWO CAMPS Alarm WITHIN ENTER WITH DRUM AND COLORS, LEAR, CORDELIA, AND THEIR FORCES, END exeunt. ENTER EDGAR AND Gloucester. Dear father,
11: take the shadow of this tree for your good host. Pray that the right may thrive. If ever I return to you again, I'll bring you comfort.
2: Grace, go with you, sir.
0: Exit Edgar, alarm and retreat within. Re-enter Edgar. Away, old man, give me
11: thy hand, away. King Lear hath lost, he and his daughter tain. Give me thy hand, come on.
2: No further, sir, a man may lot even here. What? In ill thoughts
11: again? Men must endure their going hence, even as their coming hither. Rightness is all. Come on.
2: And that's true, too.
0: Exeunt. Scene three. The British camp near Dover. Enter, in conquest, with drum and colors, Edmund. Lear and cordelia prisoners officers soldiers etc
3: some officers take them away good guard until their greater pleasures first be known then are to censure them
6: we are not the first who with best meaning have incurred the worst for thee oppressed king am i cast down myself could else outfrown false fortunes frown shall we not see these daughters and these sisters
4: No. No, no, no. Come, let's away to prison. We two alone will sing like birds of the cage. When thou dost ask me blessing, I'll kneel down and ask of thee forgiveness. So we'll live and pray and sing and tell old tales and laugh at gilded butterflies and hear poor rogues talk of court news and we'll talk with them too who loses and who wins who's in who's out and take upons the mystery of things as if we were god's spies and we'll wear out in a walled prison packs and sects of great ones that ebb and flow by the moon
3: take them away
4: upon such sacrifices my cordelia THE GODS THEMSELVES THROW INCENSE. HAVE I CAUGHT THEE? HE THAT PARTS US SHALL BRING A BRAND FROM HEAVEN AND FIRE US HENCE LIKE FOXES. WIPE THINE EYES. THE GOOD YEARS SHALL DEVOUR THEM FLESH AND FELL. ERE THEY SHALL MAKE US weep, WE'LL SEE em STARVE FIRST. COME.
0: EXEUNT, LEAR, AND CORDELIA. GUARDED.
3: COME HITHER, CAPTAIN. HARK. TAKE THOU THIS NOTE. Go, follow them to prison. One step I have advanced thee. If thou dost, as this instructs thee, thou dost make thy way to noble fortunes. Know thou this, that men are as the time is. To be tender-minded does not become a sword. Thy great employment will not bear question. Either say thou'lt do it, or thrive by other means.
9: I'll do it, my lord.
3: About it and write happy when thou hast done. Mark, I say instantly, and carry it so as I have set it down. I cannot
0: draw a card, nor eat dried oats. If it be man's work, I'll do it. Exit. Flourish. Enter Albany, Goneril, Regan, Officers and Attendants.
14: Sir, you have showed to-day your valiant strain, and fortune led you well. You have the captives who were the opposites of this day's strife. WE DO REQUIRE THEM OF YOU, SO TO USE THEM, AS WE SHALL FIND THEIR MERITS AND OUR SAFETY MAY EQUALLY DETERMINE.
3: SIR, I THOUGHT IT FIT TO SEND THE OLD AND MISERABLE KING TO SOME RETENTION AND APPOINTED GUARD, WHOSE AGE HAS CHARMS IN IT, WHOSE TITLE MORE TO PLUCK THE COMMON BOSOM ON HIS SIDE, AND TURN OUR IMPRESSED lances IN OUR EYES WHICH DO COMMAND THEM. WITH HIM I SENT THE QUEEN, MY REASON ALL THE SAME, AND THEY ARE READY to morrow or at Father's space, to appear where you shall hold your session. At this time we sweat and bleed, the friend hath lost his friend, and the best quarrels in the heat are cursed by those that feel their sharpness. The question of Cordelia and her father requires a fitter place.
14: Sir, by your patience, I hold you but a subject of this war, not as a brother.
3: That's as we list
7: to grace him. Methinks our pleasure might have been demanded ere you had spoke so far. "'He led our powers, bore the commission of my place and person, "'the which immediacy may well stand up and call itself your brother.'
5: "'Not so hot. In his own grace he doth exalt himself, more than in your addition.'
7: "'In my rights. By me invested, he compeers the best.'
5: "'That were the most, if he should husband you.'
7: "'Jesters do oft prove prophets.'
5: "'Hola, hola, that I that told you so looked but a squint.'
7: "'Lady, I am not well, else I should answer from a full-flowing stomach. "'General, take thou my soldiers, prisoners, patrimony. "'Dispose of them, of me. "'The walls are thine. "'Witness the world that I create thee here, my lord and master.'
3: "'Mean you
5: to enjoy him?'
14: "'The let alone lies not in your good will.'
3: "'Nor in thine, lord.'
14: half-blooded fellow yes to edmund
7: let the drum strike and prove my title thine
14: stay yet hear reason edmund i arrest thee on capital treason and in thine arrest this gilded serpent pointing to gonerle for your claim fair sister i bar it in the interest of my wife tis she is subcontracted to this lord and I, her husband, contradict your bans. If you will marry, make your loves to me, My lady is bespoke.
5: An interlude.
14: Thou art armed, Gloucester. let the trumpet sound. If none appear to prove upon thy person Thy heinous manifest and many treasons, There is my pledge. Throwing down a glove. I'll prove it on thy heart, ere I taste bread, Thou art in nothing less than I have here proclaimed thee.
3: Sick. oh, Sick.
0: A sigh.
5: If not, I'll ne'er trust medicine.
3: There's my exchange. Throwing
0: down a glove.
3: What in the world he is that names me traitor, villain like he lies? Call by thy trumpet. He that dares approach on him, on you, who not? I will maintain my truth and honour firmly. A herald, ho! A herald, ho, a herald!
14: Trust to thy single virtue, For thy soldiers, all levied in my name, Have in my name took their discharge.
7: My sickness grows upon me.
14: She is not well. Convey her to my tent. Exit Regan, led. Enter a herald. Come hither, herald, let the trumpet sound. And read out this.
5: Sound trumpet.
14: A trumpet sounds. Reads. If any man of quality or degree
13: within the lists of the army will maintain upon Edmund, supposed Earl of Gloucester, that he is a manifold trader, let him appear by the third sound of the trumpet. He is bold in his defense. Sound. First trumpet.
0: Again. Second trumpet. Again. Third trumpet trumpet answers within enter edgar armed preceded by a trumpet ask him his purpose why he appears
14: upon this call of the trumpet what are you your name your quality
13: and why you answer this present summons
14: no my name is lost
11: my treason's tooth bear gnawn and canker bit yet am i noble as the adversary i come to cope which is that adversary What's he that speaks for Edmund, Earl of Gloucester?
3: Himself, what sayest thou to him?
11: Draw thy sword, that if my speech offend a noble heart, Thy arm may do thee justice. Here is mine. Behold, it is the privilege of mine honours, my oath, and my profession. I protest, morger thy strength, youth, place, and eminence. Despite thy victor's sword and fire new fortune, Thy valour and thy heart, thou art a traitor. False to thy gods, thy brother and thy father, Conspirant against this high, illustrious prince, And from the extremest upward of thy head, To the descent and dust beneath thy foot, A most toad-spotted traitor. Say thou no, this sword, this arm, And my best spirits are bent to prove upon thy heart, Whereto I speak, thou liest.
3: In wisdom I should ask thy name. But since thy outside looks so fair and warlike, and that thy tongue some say of breeding breathes, what safe and nicely I might well delay by rule of knighthood I disdain and spurn. Back do I toss those treasons to thy head, with the hell-hated lie o'erwhelm thy heart. Which, for they yet glance by and scarcely bruise, this sword of mine shall give them instant way, where they shall rest for ever. Trumpets! Speak.
0: alarums They fight. Edmund falls. Save him, save him.
5: This is mere practice, Gloucester. By the law of arms thou wast not bound to answer an unknown opposite. Thou art not vanquished, but cousined and beguiled.
14: Shut your mouth, dame, or with this paper shall I stop it. Hold, sir, thou worse than any name, read thine own evil no tearing lady i perceive you know it gives the letter to edmund
5: say if i do the laws are mine not thine who can arraign me for it
14: most monstrous know'st thou this paper
5: ask me not what i know exit go after
14: her she's desperate govern her to an officer who goes out
3: what you have charged me with that have i done and more Much more, the time will bring it out. Tis past, and so am I. But what art thou that hast this fortune on me? If thou art noble, I do forgive thee.
11: Let's exchange charity. I am no less in blood than thou art, Edmund. If more, the more thou hast wronged me. My name is Edgar, and thy father's son. The gods are just. And of our pleasant vices make instruments to plague us. The dark and vicious place where thee he got cost him his eyes.
3: Thou hast spoken right. Tis true. The wheel is come full circle. I am here. Methought
14: thy very gate did prophesy a royal nobleness. I must embrace thee. Let sorrow split my heart if ever I did hate thee or thy father. Worthy prince I note where have you hid yourself how have you known the miseries of your father by nursing them my lord
11: list a brief tale and when tis told oh that my heart would burst the bloody proclamation to escape that followed me so near O oh, our lives sweetness that with the pain of death we'd hourly die rather than die at once taught me to shift into a madman's rags to assume a semblance that very dogs disdained and in this habit met I my father with his bleeding rings, Their precious stones new lost, Became his guide, led him, begged for him, Saved him from despair, Never, O oh, fault, revealed myself unto him, Until some half-hour past, when I was armed, Not sure, though hoping, of this good success. I asked his blessing, And from first to last told him my pilgrimage. But his flawed heart, alack, too weak, THE CONFLICT TO SUPPORT, TWIXT TWO EXTREMES OF PASSION, JOY AND GRIEF, BURST SMILINGLY.
3: THIS SPEECH OF YOURS HATH MOVED ME, AND SHALL PERCHANCE DO GOOD. BUT SPEAK YOU ON, YOU LOOK AS IF YOU HAD SOMETHING MORE TO SAY.
14: IF THERE BE MORE, MORE WOEFUL, HOLD IT IN, FOR I AM ALMOST READY TO DISSOLVE, HEARING OF THIS. THIS WOULD HAVE SEEMED A PERIOD
11: TO SUCH AS LOVE, NOT SORROW, BUT ANOTHER TO AMPLIFY TOO MUCH, would make much more, and top extremity. Whilst I was big in clamour came there a man who, having seen me in my worst estate, shunned my abhorred society. But then finding who twas that so endured, with his strong arms he fastened on my neck, and bellowed out as he would burst heaven. Threw him on my father, told the most piteous tale of Lear and him that ever ear received, which in recounting his grief grew puissant, and the strings of life began to crack. Twice then the trumpet sounded, and there I left him tranced. But who was this? Kent, sir, the banished Kent, who in disguise followed his enemy king,
0: and did him service improper for a slave. Enter a gentleman, hastily, with a bloody knife. Help! Help! Oh,
16: help!
11: What kind of help? Speak, man. What means that bloody
14: knife?
16: Tis hot. It smokes. It came even from the heart of... uh, Oh, she's dead. Who dead? Speak, man. Your lady. Sir, your lady. And her sister by her is poisoned. She hath confessed it.
3: I was contracted to them both. All three now marry in an instant.
16: Here
14: comes Kent. Produce their bodies, be they alive or dead. This judgment of the heavens that makes us tremble touches us not with pity. Exit, gentlemen Enter Kent Oh, is this he? The time will not allow the compliment that very manners urges.
1: I am come to bid my king and master I good night. Is he not here?
14: Great thing of us forgot. Speak, Edmund, where's the king? And where's Cordelia?
0: The bodies of Goneril and Regan are
14: brought in. Seest thou this object, Kent?
3: Alack, why thus? Yet Edmund was beloved, The one the other poisoned for my sake and after slew herself.
14: Even so, cover their faces.
3: (sighs) I pant for life. Some good I mean to do, despite of mine own nature. Quickly, send, be brief in it, to the castle. For my writ is on the life of Lear and on Cordelia. Nay, send in time.
14: Run, run, oh
11: run. To who, my lord? Who has the office? Send thy token of
14: reprieve.
3: Well, thought on. take my sword, give it the captain. Haste thee for thy life.
0: Exit Edgar.
3: He hath commission from thy wife and me to hang Cordelia in the prison, and to lay the blame upon her own despair that she fordid herself.
14: The gods defend her.
0: Bear him hence awhile. Edmund is borne off. Re-enter Lear with Cordelia dead in his arms. Edgar, officer, and others following.
16: Home, home,
4: home. Oh you are men of stone had i your tongues and eyes i'd use them so that heaven's vault should crack she's gone forever i know when one is dead and when one lives she's dead as earth lend me a looking glass if that her breath will mist or stain the stone why then she lives
1: is this the promised end
4: or image of that horror fall and cease this feather stirs she lives if it be so it is a chance which does redeem all sorrows that ever i have felt
1: oh my good master
4: kneeling Trithia, away tis noble kent your friend a plague upon you murderers traitors all i might have saved her now she's gone forever cordelia cordelia stay a little ha what is thou sayst her voice was ever soft gentle and low an excellent thing in woman I killed the slave that was a-hanging thee. Tis true, my lords, he did. Did I not, fellow? I have seen the day, with my good biting falchion. I would have made them skip. I am old now, and these same crosses spoil me. Who are you? Mine eyes are not of the best, I'll tell you straight. If
1: fortune brag of two she loved and hated, One of them we behold.
4: This is a dull sight. Are you not Kent?
1: The same. Your servant, Kent. Where is your servant Caius?
4: He's a good fellow, I can tell you that. He'll strike, and quickly, too. He's dead and rotten.
1: No, my good lord, I am the very man.
4: I'll see that straight.
1: That from your first of difference and decay have followed your sad steps.
4: You are welcome hither.
1: Nor no man else. All's cheerless, dark and deadly. Your eldest daughters have fordone themselves and desperately are dead.
14: Ay, so I think. He knows not what he says, and vain is it that we present us to him. Very bootless. Enter an officer.
5: Edmund is dead, my lord.
14: That's but a trifle here you lords and noble friends know our intent what comfort to this great decay may come shall be applied for us we will resign during the life of this old majesty to him our absolute power to edgar and kent you to your rights with boot and such additions as your honors have more than merited all friends shall taste the wages of their virtue and all foes the cup of their deservings
4: oh see see and my poor fool is hanged no 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 life why should a dog a horse a rat have life and thou no breath at all thou'lt come no more never 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 pray you undo this button thank you sir do you see this look on her look her lips look there look there
11: he dies he faints my lord my lord
4: break
1: heart i pray thee break
11: look up my lord
1: Vex not his ghost. Oh, let him pass. He hates him that would upon the rack of this rough world stretch him out longer.
11: He is gone, indeed.
1: The wonder is he hath endured so long. He but usurped his life.
14: Bear them from hence. Our present business is general woe. To Kent and Edgar. Friends of my soul, you twain, rule in this realm and the God state sustain
1: i have a journey sir shortly to go my master calls me i must not say no
11: the weight of this sad time we must obey speak what we feel not what we ought to say the oldest have borne most we that are young shall never see
0: so much nor live so long exeunt with a dead mark End of Act 5 End of The Tragedy of King Lear By
15: William Shakespeare